This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to the Downward Spiral. Hold on. We're taking you way down. We start off strong and then it's downhill all the way. What do you mean strong then? Well, we start talking about nice things and then we end up talking about awful things. Okay. And then all of a sudden you get depressed. Or I get depressed. There you have it. Welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. I'm Jeff Fader. And before we get into it with the holiday episode of the Downward Spiral Podcast with the number one requested guest on the Full Blast Podcast, Nico Tavernisi, let me tell you about a couple things. Axe Wax. Yes. Axe Wax is an all-natural food-safe wax for your axes, for your handles, for your wood, for your steel. Uh, Actually, you know what? I found a leather sheath a couple days ago that needed a little bit of love. I gave it a cleanup. They hit it with a little bit of axe wax, and then the secret tip is I hit it with a heat gun so it melted in all the little nooks and crannies. And then I wiped it all off, and it's good as new. A little TLC for that leather. So go to axewax.us, put in promo code FULLBLAST10. You're going to get 10% off your order. It's great stuff. you got to coat your stuff, stuff with something. Might can, as well be axe wax. Can I put it on my chaps when I go to the club? Yeah. Your okay. chaps. My chaps. No, it's not chaps. It's chaps. No, it's chaps. No, it's not. I have a legitimate cowboy listening. He's been on the show before. It's called chaps. From what word? Chaps. Got to be French. No. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's not. It's, it's pronounced, they call them chaps. But you Who? could put it. Cowboys? cowboys? Real cowboys. I have real cowboys that come on the show. Real okay. ones. Okay. Well, you can use your axe wax for your chaps. Chaps. Fuck. Chaps. Your chaps. All right. Sorry. So this just... is, there's going to be a lot of swearing in this. <laughs> it's I'm fine. It's because Nico's here. Yeah, great. The next <laughs> thing is I want you to reconsider your website. It's holiday season, and you just want to make it easier on yourself, but also make it easier on your customers. And if it makes it easier on your customers, then that's going to be easier on you. So go to akinteractive.com slash fullblast, fill out their paperwork, and Andreas Kalani will get you square away. Maybe you need a new website. Maybe you need an upgrade to your website. Maybe you need a consultation. Maybe you need a logo redesign or, or whatever. He's your guy. So go to akinteractive.com slash full blast and then fill it out. Get yourself a new website because what, whatever you're doing, it ain't making it, okay? Stay out of the DMs. It's no good. Uh, and the last thing is, is the Center for Mental Arts has classes for 2022 up on their website. So go to the Center for Mental Arts, Center for Mental Arts, Center for Mental Arts.com, and you'll see some of the best teachers in the blacksmithing business in the United States at the Center for Mental Arts, including Nick Anger, Peter Ross, Salem Straub, and me. I'll be teaching a class there this spring. So go check it out at centerformentalarts.org and get involved. Over there. Okay. You know, I thought you were saying mental arts. I used to, you know, when I used to work. You at the, speak too fast. When I when I used to work at the Center for Mental Arts, sometimes things went so crazy. I would call it the Center for Mental Arts. It just sounds like every time you say, it, I, I can't wipe well, that from my head. That comes from like, you know, when I was there 15 years ago. But then I imagine, what is the Center for Mental Arts? It's like the, it's like the, it's like the uh, Kmart version of the X Men. It's pretty great. You know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm down. I'm down. Speaking of down, we are here <laughs> with my favorite. All right. So if this is the first time you're listening to the Downward Spiral podcast, 
Nico and I started the Downward Spiral podcast over 10 years ago. Over 10 years ago, we started a podcast and it was great. It was like a little bit of therapy, a little bit of rambling, a little bit of what's going on. But it was it was our first podcast and every so now time has passed and luckily for me when Nico's got a minute or two or a day every so often where it seems like we're doing it quarterly but I would take it I'll take as many days as I can get out of you you come in and you come into the shop and we do the downward spiral you know honestly I think it's a hundred percent therapy when we started oh it was you for you a hundred percent therapy why me? just me for me I wanted to be <laughs> because for me I, know, I you, wanted to be radio I know that's all you could talk about was oh I wanted podcast, to be radio. Podcast, and I was like, I don't, I don't do that. I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. What is a podcast? Well, I remember. Because back in the day, there was what? Like, it was Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan and like the New York, no, New York Times wasn't even No, right. New York Times. I don't know who, at the time, I was trying to think about who I was listening to. I think Mark Maron was on. Right. Mark Maron, Joe Rogan, and then a couple other guys. Yeah, I don't like that guy. Who, Joe Rogan? Mark Maron. Oh, oh Mark Maron. They're putzes. Mark uh, Maron is a weirdo in person. Is he really? He was on Joker with me. Oh yeah. See, well, this uh, now, I don't. I so. Am so, I already talking shit? Well, he, I, you know what? It dovetails into. I asked this, some of the listeners if they wanted a question. I wanted. I had any questions for you? Huh. And Ben Snoor, who is the cowboy I was talking about, who says Shaps, Chaps, Shaps. Chaps. He he asked. Uh, I he reached out right out right with a few minutes to spare. And this was the question he asked. Has there been... All right, so before you... If you wanted to know, go listen to the other Downward Spiral podcast. Nico is a set photographer. He's on. He's been on every movie. It's been... It's ridiculous. It's like crazy. Not everyone. Well, the big one. Even wearing a Lucasfilms fucking jacket as we speak. Because yeah, I went to see Yoda. Duh. You went to go see Yoda? Yeah. What are you it's talking The only time about? I ever broke my phone. What do you mean? I went to ILM and I saw Yoda and I dropped my phone. The real it. Yoda. The real Yoda. Not Yoga. Yes, Yoda. What yeah, was that like? There's a statue in the front of ILM of oh. Yoda. And I walked up and I was like, oh, I want to take a photo. And I dropped my phone. It's the only time I ever broke a phone. And that's when they gave you the jacket? Uh-huh. So Nico's been in a, he's been in a ton of movies. I mean, he's a set photographer, some iconic pictures. And you're going to have to go listen to old Downward Spirals. So what we do is we just talk about what we're doing and then we answer questions. Or we just go, I have a list of crazy it stories. It doesn't matter whatever we want to do. Exactly. So this was the question from Ben, who wanted to know, is, has there anyone on set that you expected to be an asshole that turned out to be great or the opposite? And I know that back in the day when we first did the Downward Spiral, uh-huh. you were talking some crazy shit that we're not going to be <laughs> yeah. doing. Yeah, we, were like, we were like, oh, there's three listeners. Yeah. It's like, it's like Andy were... B and, you know. Ken one. Valerio yeah, and Valerio somebody and, else. Yeah. But I'd, and Brandon Vetter. Brandon Vetter. Brandon yeah. Vetter, uh, cousin to Eddie Vetter. Yeah. But you, there were times where I was like sweating because you were like you were like we had well we had to re-edit Andy B's one yeah but we had to yours was like because he could have gotten drunk. Let's hope, I, I let's didn't hope. give a shit because I was like no one's gonna hire me to do another movie and now you're like now you got to be real careful I got it well no nah, you can't I mean you can't nobody like, in the business listens to this podcast I'm sorry all right maybe they do but let's just go with who is has the reputation for being awful and turn out to be really great uh. Oh, jeez. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I heard Joaquin was supposed to be really hard. And he's very, you know, method acting is when you, when they yell cut, you're still the same character. Right. You That's go home, you're still the same character. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is notoriously method, meaning he doesn't break character ever because he wants that 
purity of his character to come through in the film. That's weird, isn't it? It's spooky. It's I think I think that people who have a hard time acting uh, find it easier to become a method actor. You keep your accent. You're British, but you're in an American right. film. You stay American the whole time. Huh. Um, but the problem is, is that you act for you're acting for the crew, and you don't have to do that. We don't give a flying fuck right. if you're British or not. But it's weird because an asshole actor who plays an asshole in the movie becomes even Perfect. worse asshole. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And they just treat people like shit around them. And there's no need for that. See, but I think I think really good actors don't need to be method. And they, it just comes naturally to them. There is a video that's like a clip video of Leonardo DiCaprio from Wolf of Wall Street where he's like, it's from behind the scenes in front of the camera and he's like staring and then as soon as they say action he just gets right into the character and yeah. like he's just this incredible he's na- actor. He's a natural fucking actor. He doesn't need to be method. In fact, he's a goofball when the cameras stop and he's just like, he's really funny, down to earth. Um, I mean, not really down to earth because he's fucking Leo, you know? Right. But, uh, you know, he shares a joke with you and he listens and he, you talk stupid stuff with him but he's, he's a, uh, you know, him and, like, Jen Lawrence and, like, Holly Berry, all these people are just, like, telling jokes, and then the camera starts rolling, and they're fucking crying or right. screaming or something, you know. Do you think that to be an actor in movies and on TV, you have to have, it's it's completely different from being a stage actor because you have to be able to not only interact with the camera, but you really have to interact with the crew. Like, you have to be not shy around these crewmen. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, Theater acting, to me, I think it's way more difficult. You don't get two takes or 20 right. takes. You you don't get to, like, pause and say, okay, now I'm ready to go. You have to memorize every fucking line through the whole show. Right. And you're in front of a live audience, which actually, to me, is way more terrifying. So theater actors actually are above and beyond. Like, Patrick Stewart's a theater actor, and he crushes it, you know, because he's... But I would think that because you don't have to worry about eye lines, you don't have to worry about camera direction, that's stopping the, no, and starting, they, it might be easier. It might, yeah, that's true. That's true. I never, yeah, I never really thought. You know, about and, the, that and I, I mean, I don't know how they make movies. I would imagine that they make them out of order. <laughs> they don't make them seem. Yeah, scene. no, it's it's very rare that you shoot a film completely in order, unless you're like slowly destroying a house, like we did on Mother. Right. Like we had to shoot that in order because of the way we destroyed everything. But um, are you recording? Yeah, of course. I saw you look down. No, I, I always check every so. Don't worry about that. See, uh, every, yeah. so ladies and gentlemen, for Nico, we share a mic, so if the, if the audio might sound a little. We're bit less than six feet, but we're both vaccinated. It's fine. We're boosted. Are you boosted? Yes, I am. Yeah, me too. It, it, we should make out. No, we should not make out. <laughs> we should not make out. Um, we should not make out. So what? Uh, Jesus. And yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of actors who I thought were going to be assholes who actually turned out to be really cool. Joaquin was definitely one of them, where he was incredibly sweet. But I, I, it all depends on who you are. There's I, the way I dress and the way I look. A lot of people are turned off by that. A lot of actors don't are confused by it, and so a lot of nice actors find me not comfortable to be around. Really, but a lot of actors are totally fine with it, and they find I think it's kind of fun that I'm really disappeared in the shadows. Yeah, yeah. How? It's weird. I scare a lot of people. I'll come around a corner and someone will be like, fuck. <laughs> you know. Well, you do have, definitely look like you have, you're like the stuntman in John Wick. Yeah, that's what, I mean, you know, I'm kind of built for those things, those movies. But, you know, you do a romantic, I guess I don't do romantic comedies. 
I do all very violent films. Why do you think that is? I, I don't know. It's just the directors I roll with, I guess. What you do you know? got? What? So what are you working on now? Uh, the remake of Dead Ringers, the Cronenberg uh, film. It's an Amazon show. Um, it's 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 been going on for a long time. I think we started last week in July, and we still have two more weeks left, so it's six months. Wow. And I think everybody's kind of burnt. You know, you just get pretty burnt. We're in like day eighty-five or something like that, which isn't that long for a big film. But it's, I think we're just kind of do. You know, a lot of hospital sets, a lot of gynecological exams. Whoa, Dead Ringers. I never saw Dead Ringers. Come on, man, Jeremy Irons. I never saw it. It's it's. I don't like. I, w- I don't want to say it's great, but because I mean Cronenberg, I love Cronenberg, but Cronenberg, you know, was is Videodrome. You know, The Brood. Yeah. And Dead Ringers was kind of like not that. It was kind of like a Canadian soap opera. I never got into, I was never, I never watched horror movies or anything like that because I was dragged as a kid. I was made to watch Friday the 13th and when, when. How are you made to watch it? I was at this kid's house and then they were like, oh. and it was like, we're all watching was it Friday the 13th. Was a birthday party or something no, like that? No, it was just like a, it was like a sleepover. Oh. And then Jason slammed some kid in a sleeping bag against a tree, and I was like, oh, "My life is over. <laughs> I don't want this shit anymore." In my is that mind. a human? Yeah. I'm like, "Oh my god, there's someone in there!" Oh my god. So I was just from then on in. It's just like, "Fuck you." I don't want to listen. I don't need enough. I don't need any more horror in my life. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that might be me with drugs. Like I like. I used to love drugs. You know, like really teenager. Oh yeah, whatever you got. I don't give a shit. Really. Yeah, I mean, like besides cocaine. besides like the shit I couldn't afford or didn't right. feel like scoring on right. a street corner. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. A, a friend of mine did a, a what do you call it? Uh, like a, a mushroom experiential ayahuasca. Not ayahuasca. It was it was psilocybin. It was mushrooms. Yeah, but it was like a DMT. I don't know. They did like a trip right but like a shaman yeah but like we'll watch trip so people around you they help you through it right and she said it was amazing amazing life-changing amazing yeah and i just i don't see myself doing that dude i did mushrooms one time in college with my friend uh jamie and i did not enjoy myself yeah but i think we always i think i was a long time being being miserable it was four hours of heaven, four hours of hell. Oh, that's what mushrooms were. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. That's about right. And you just want to get the fuck off it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But awful. I've the problem is most of us have who've done any kind of those psychedelics or whatever, I don't think we've ever been kind of guided through with somebody who knew what the fuck they were doing. No, of course it not. It was always like, I just grab a fucking handful, right. stop it in your face. Right. And you're just like, I think I took too much. <sighs> it's a pr- it's just like it's So it would so be interesting to see almost like a prescription and how you could take it. It's that's interesting that you say that because I've been recently been given opportunities to have micro doses yeah. of mushrooms. Yeah. And with like, oh don't worry, you have this one bit and then mm. it's just a micro dose and then and I'm just I'm still like I just remember my experience and being like, I just don't I don't, I don't, I don't really trust any of it. Mm. I don't trust any of it. My friend in Japan microdoses a lot. I mean, like, I think daily he does it. 
And he likes, you know. Yeah, it's it's not enough to like start making you like. No, it's face, just kind of like it, it relaxes you. I mean, I think people with high anxiety, right, help it helps them, or with with heavy depression. If thing. you had, if you had some sort of guidance, yeah, if you had some sort of guidance, anything could probably be socially not socially acceptable, but like not debilitating. Yeah, and, I, and I think hallucinogenics yeah. are debilitating. No, I know, but I think people, even people with like PTSD or something like that, yeah. you, you get to your wit's end and you're like, what the fuck do I do? And you go to a fucking doctor and they're like, here, take some fucking fentanyl, you know, right. or something, and you're hooked on something weird. Where I think you can actually, there's some Eastern medicine style things that you right. can do that, you know, and I think people would be into that. I don't know, I, whatever. I gotta tell you, yeah. I don't know if you've ever worked with Joe, uh, Seth Rogen. He, no. He's got this new company called Houseplant. Yeah, yeah. I sw- his videos are so good. Mm. And what he tells people is, don't fucking start passing it around. Yeah. Take one hit. Yeah. And when you're smoking weed, take one hit and leave it alone for 15 minutes. Yeah. He's like, the problem is, is it's like people doing shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you just like, why don't you sip something? Yeah. But it, that was, a, I think that at some point, there's going to have to be a little bit of guidance to people because people are just like, I mean, you know what I've been seeing a lot on Instagram is advertisements for like beer bongs and stuff to like allow you to like chug your beers faster. Yeah. And it's the, there's just a little too much excess in regards to that. Yeah, but I mean, that's just been happening since before prohibition. I mean, it's not I, like I, it's it's just it, it I, it's just so bizarre. So, in regards to you you you, how much more time you have on Dead Ringers? Two and a half more weeks. Two and a half more weeks. And then you got something lined up or? We're not going to talk about that. Okay. I, I might. It might be something crazy, but I don't crazy want to talk like, about it. Okay, crazy it. crazy good. Crazy good. Crazy really crazy Like next good. level, yeah. Like next level, biggest thing you've ever been on? Yeah. By a mile? By a mile. By a mile? Yeah. But I don't want, I can't talk oh, about don't it. Don't talk about it. I'm going to ask. Oh, I want to ask so bad. <laughs> I want to ask so bad. All of a sudden, I have so many fucking things in my head. I know, because I didn't tell you before we started. I know you it. didn't, and I was just... Because you were like, I'm going to start uh, the podcast. I was like, are we starting? And I forgot I was going to tell you that. But. Oh, so you're going to tell me afterwards? Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, I keep my mouth shut. Yeah. You told me, you know, when you were on The Joker, I remember told. I remember you, you, you had the script. You fucking told me what was going to happen. I was like, God damn it. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. Never, I'm never going to watch the fucking movie. I never yeah, watched it. it. Sorry. But I appreciate you trust that I've never said anything. Yeah. Never said a word. Yeah. You can say it now. I'm not going to say I don't know. I'm not going to say They it. all die. No. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. Spoiler alert. Welcome to DC. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think's going on in, in, in Hollywood? Do you think this, do you, when you talk to directors and production mm-hmm. companies, what are the movies that, they're, that they feel like are the movies that are sure thing? Because, you know, when you come down to it, people, they say they want to entertain people, but it's really just a return on your profit. Mm. What are the movies now that are looking that people are trying to make because they know that it's like a sure thing? Because still people aren't really going to the theaters like they used to. Mm. And you're even working on a lot of films that are going straight to yeah, streaming I mean, I'm services. Yeah, I'm working for Amazon right now. You, you did that Netflix show Netflix. that's out with uh, that that giant that monster. Yeah, yeah. So what are the movie theaters or movie people saying are going to be the movies that they're going to bank on to get people to either stream or go to the theaters? I don't know. Man, that changes so much, you know? It's always something different. Is it a fucking, you know, a Saw-style horror series of, you know, or is it a, you know, dinosaur rampage? Or is it, it changes all the time. 
But superheroes I, I, seem to be like, I mean... Superheroes are bank because what they do is they shoot at the same fucking place in Atlanta at Pinewood. And it's basically these giant stages all full of green screen. And they have great crews down there, and they just churn these fucking churn, stupid. So all the Marvel fucking, movies are made at the same fucking theater. Same They're making the same place. place. Yeah, Atlanta. Jesus. They might do exteriors in New York or Vancouver or England, but they shoot them all. Everything is basically shot. So in is that like a, the Marvel campus almost? Yeah, totally. Have you? Would you? Have you ever been? Fuck no. Would you ever be? No in way. No way. Shooting a fucking dude on front of a green screen for. 70 days. Well, I you did that. I can shoot myself in the face. <laughs> you did that when you were on Spider-Man. No, Spider-Man was practical. Spider-Man. What was that like with Spider-Man Andrew? was unbelievable because it was practical you, sets. It was Spider-Man 2 with, with Andrew Garfield and and uh, Jamie, Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Jamie's amazing. Is he? He's super nice. He'll walk in, shake your hand, remember your name like a week after you tell him. Really? Yeah. He's totally with it. Very funny. He's great. I like Jamie a lot. That's gotta be a. That's gotta be something. I feel like for guys like Jamie Fox and Tom Cruise and all these guys, there's gotta be like this hidden class to teach you how to work with a crew. And because it's like, yeah, but he doesn't have any reason to be nice. No, I know, but I, I think maybe in the beginning, I, I think a lot of actors go through it where they, they start acting tough and they start trying to like to put their feet down and get stompy. And I think crews are very. And producers are also very, uh, they they notice that, and it doesn't bode well for them if that happens. It's like Adrian Brody was notoriously an asshole. Really? And he basically was refused roles. Because, are you kidding me? No. I mean, he did the piano. He did the piano. And then what? Well, I remember Predator Dog Day. Seven? Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember Dog Day Afternoon? No, Dog Day Afternoon? He did this I Am Sam, the Spike Lee I Am Sam movie mm. years and years ago. Yeah. I didn't realize that he's like notorious. Oh, yeah. he's the biggest asshole. And what happened was that he just shut every door in people's faces and they're like, oh, yeah? Fuck you. Really? Yeah. He wasn't that big. He just a- slammed the door on the wrong person. Really? Yeah, sure. I mean, he, you can make your way slowly back, you know? I mean, you got to be good. You got to be good. He's a good actor, but he's just. He was kind of a niche actor, and it was an artistic film. Oh, he does. I think he still does a lot of the Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, he does all of Wes's stuff. But all, I mean, Wes is—he's a kook, you know. So they're all anybody who goes to Wes is kind of like, That's oh, right. you know, it's not for the paycheck. It's just to like hang out at a hotel in fucking Budapest. You know? I remember one of the episodes of the Downward Spiral back in the day. You were working on Moonrise Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember you told me that you were you were filming in Rhode Island yeah. with. Bruce Willis oh, and, right, B- yeah. and Bill Murray and and you all you could talk about were the flies or the bugs. <laughs> like it was the summer and yeah, there yeah. was like the it was bugs. spring. It was like sp- spring summer in like Jamestown, which is the it's like a, is it an island off of I don't know. I thought Rhode Island's an island. Well, Rhode Island and then there's a smaller island to the left of to the west of it, and I think it's Jamestown. Okay, and that's where all the Boy Scout camps were that we were shooting in. Right. And it was just like fucking ticks everywhere, like picnic tables, like covered in ticks, because it was like you know I don't know rainy season or something like that. And I just remember there's just everywhere you went, you were like breathing in mosquitoes and ticks, or it was awful. I remember because that's the funny thing about you. <clears throat> that's the funny thing about you is you will always talk about so when something's mi- a miserable situation. You, know you said that's the, you know what our our props person on this. Who, on what? On the film I'm doing. Yeah. She's really awesome. And she 
she t- I I s- when I saw her the other day, I said, "Hey, how you doing?" And she was like, "Great." She's like, "Why are you happy?" I was like, "I don't know. I feel great." And she was like, "That's the first positive thing I've heard you say in six months." <laughs> <laughs> so what did you say when you, you said that? I I was speechless, and I kind of walked away. I was like, "Huh? Yeah, fuck you." Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Who asked you? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I got to be grumpy, I guess. I don't know. I, and I always was, I always try to keep myself somewhat humble. Yeah, but, but you know what? But, but that is, but that well, is also is, being honest. You, yeah, I, well, yeah. It's being honest. I don't need to just, open my fucking mouth, though. But, 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 it, but, but at the same time, it's like if something irritates you and it's this, and it's, and it's an, it's a very honest reaction, then you, what's the problem? I, the problem is I'll seek people out to tell them how shitty a situation is. <laughs> <laughs> And that poor person doesn't really need to hear it. I they don't, but it doesn't matter because I, I see I I totally understand what you're saying. I think that if you were to say what the one thing I say more than anything else is, is ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah, I yeah. have I have nothing but pro- I have nothing. People want to come to the shop, ugh. Yeah. People yeah. want to do this, ugh. I gotta be I, I I'm miserable I'm miserable, I'm a miserable bastard. Yeah. But I, but at the same time, I mean it's I'm being, you know, it's this number one, it's uncontrolled id, you can't control yourself. But the two, it's I mean, it's a degree of honesty. Yeah. What is that great line from Clerks? Um that what's his name say? Oh my god, it's like um you know, I really hate people, but I love social gatherings. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> that is funny. But I definitely remember on New Moonrise Kingdom. The first thing you said is the fucking bugs. Oh my god, it was a mi- it was bugs everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we were in the woods. We were in fucking like, yeah, you know, the Rhode Island's equatorial fucking you know pine rainforest. Right. For three months. What was the what was the hardest film you've ever been on? What was the most like exhausting film? I think I know. West Side Story. R- really? Mm-hmm. More than Noah? Yeah. Oh wait a second! No, wait a second! I was convinced. No, Noah was a was Noah was tough because it was physically grueling. But West Side Story was, in a good way. So this is the thing: they're both Noah and West Side Story were both great, amazing films to work on. But West Side Story was never-ending work because it was a it was beautiful, it was beautifully lit by Janish. It was the costumes by Paul Tazewell were fucking amazing. The actors were all young kids from Broadway, right. and they were dying to have their photograph taken. Yeah. So I couldn't help but pose them every day in front of whatever right. cool set that Adam Stockhouse and the guy who did Moonrise, right. production designer. And so every day I was like, God, this is amazing. Like, I can't stop shooting. The problem is, as a photographer, you have to fucking edit all that shit. <laughs> so I would be shooting three to four thousand images a day, and then have to edit it in the morning. When you're editing them, are you cropping them, or are you? Yeah, whatever. I color correct a little bit, and but so, but the problem is you have to go through. You can't hand hand four thousand images into a film studio and be like, here you go, figure figure it out. Yeah. You know, in fact, Spielberg told me early on the film I worked with him before with that was the post. The post was was I only want to see your selects. That's it. He's he, like, he wants. I want the ones that you like the best. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Which is amazing. So he's you know giving my artistic eye the the final on the hook. I'm the editor. Yeah, you're in the hook. So and I'm good at it. So I wasn't too concerned. I was like, oh cool, that makes my job easier. Um, so I don't have to worry about 
studio and all that. I mean, I right. still have to worry about this fucking studio because the studio is who's paying me, right. not Spielberg. Right. So, and I have to get the meat and potatoes for them. But I don't have to... I know that what's going to Steven and he's the guy who will hire me again kind of thing and blah, blah, blah. But the other issue is that Steven, this is pre-COVID obviously, loves guests showing up. And they weren't just like, oh, my cousin's coming. No, it was fucking Barack Obama decides to stop by for the afternoon. You're kidding me. Um, You're kidding me. No, uh, Steven Sondheim is showing up at noon uh, with his whole family and they really want photos. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, oh, um, you know, Bruce is going to stop by later. Who? Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. So, and that was almost every day. So, <clears throat> I was getting texts from his, one of his assistants, Brittany, who's super sweet and just like, oh, heads up, you know. Barack Obama's Kate, or Kate Capshaw's here. You know, Kate Capshaw. Okay, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, make sure you get some images of Kate. Okay, cool. And then they're like, okay, here's the 70-person dance scene inside this gym with like cameras swinging overhead and everybody's twirling at the same time. It's brightly lit and you have one day to shoot it, you know? So you're just, I was fucking running. I was constantly running. So it was, it was just stressful. It was really stressful, but in a great way. If you wanted to, this is your chance to like go past. Yeah. And this is, you know, and, um, I, I, I'm really happy with the images I got. I, it was, it was, it was easy because it was so bright the lights were very bright because Janish and steven wanted to make sure that everything was kind of in focus like the old style like west side story originally those yeah. old cameras yeah um so everything had to be really bright um and you know the i had no issues with, i had no issues on that film except for the fact that steven would have all these guests and i'd had to run around trying to find these guests and oh so they to, want he wanted they wanted oh, behind yeah. the scene pictures oh of the yeah guests. yeah so and a lot of times they were in like dark areas or something like that. And like, oh, Bradley Cooper stopped by. Wait, You're like, fuck, where? So is Bradley? he wants it for his own for his own like personal thing, or it's it's something about I don't know. It's just fucking guess. It's just yeah. like you know, Bradley Cooper stops by. Sure, you want a a photo of Bradley, you know. And and who was that? A car. A car. Oh. <laughs> don't worry about it. We're in the middle of the fucking woods, dude. Well, I mean, don't worry about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sounded like a fucking lawnmower, be honest. No, no, but I, that's true. It was very quiet. Uh, yeah, so West Side was, was really tiring for me. But then it was funny because right after that, I did Chicago 7. And that was like, like three weeks in Chicago shooting riots, which is great. But then it was a month and a half in a one courtroom in New Jersey. Oh, my God. And with asshole actors. So that was awful. Uh. So I was like, well, okay. You know, I'll take the... I'll work my ass off. But, you know, the images are great. I, there's a book that came out of my images, which is cool, that Spielberg and his people put out. And it looks fucking great. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, it's nice. My images are... are I'm, I was, you know, I was lucky to be on that and lucky to have shot it. Um, now I'm going to ask you a question, and you can, you can go if you don't want to talk about it. You don't have to talk about it, but I'd like to know your opinion mm. on this. No, I'm not talking about it. Are you I'm kidding? I'm sick and tired of talking about Rust. Okay. You don't want to talk? <laughs> are you kidding? No, I was just. I'm, well, I, I, not really. I mean, it's like you I, don't have to talk about Alex Baldwin because you know what? I fucking hate that guy. All right, well, there you go. There you go, Ben. There's your answer, Ben Snoor. There's your answer. He's a twat. I just think he's a Jesus. He's a, just a 
he's just he was been notoriously an asshole for years in the business. Just a, well known. Just a n- narcissistic. And you're crap. not worried about me any of this. I'm thing. never gonna work with that fucker. Wow. Even after that, way more so. I'll never work with that guy. You know, he's to he's to blame for fucking not him pulling the trigger. Honestly, that sucks for him. Shooting and killing somebody that fucking blows. I'm sorry, dude. Like that, you got to work through that PTSD for a long Forever. fucking time. But. The fact that he was in charge of hiring the fucking armorers and saying, no, we don't want a pro armorer. We'll take the fucking newbie who just got off the, you know, her second film she ever did. And, it's you know, at that point, yeah, it is kind of her fault, but she was so green and the producers didn't want to hire extra people to help her. So, you know, in the middle of fucking running around trying to grab shit, you're out in the desert, you're trying to fucking get tables set up. They're like, we need these guns on set, blah, 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 blah. And she runs over, fucking loads a gun, boom. You know, honestly, if you have, like, on John Wick sets, those guys know how to fucking deal with guns. And every single gun, every barrel is fused with fucking iron. They weld them up. Yeah. And then they see There's no them. gun on set that could shoot anything except for ejecting cartridges. The thing is, is that John Wick has a budget for VFX. Right. Rust... Basically, I'm sure those producers are like, how much for VFX? Fucking for, you know, uh, flashes, muzzle flashes? And they're like, yeah, no, we'll just use fucking blanks. But they're pointing, you know, I mean, Brandon Lee. Who the fuck doesn't know about that in the movie business, you know? Right. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's been 20 years since something like that's happened. For a reason. Tell me. Anything involving blanks at close range is fucking illegal. They don't do it anymore. And if they do, they're risk of dying. And the problem with these, these low-budget films with 20 producers on it is that's what happens. They cut fucking corners, and you know they don't treat their crew with respect. They work, overwork them. And at hour 16, they're like, oh, let's get out the car and do that jump scene where it jumps over some, you know. What's a, what do you mean the jump scene? I, whatever, a, a stunt scene. All a right. car jumps over somebody and, you know, and that's where accidents happen. That's what happened on Sorcerer's Apprentice. And Sorcerer's Apprentice? Yeah, with Nick Cage. Or I think it was Nick Cage, wasn't it? I, have, I don't know what you're talking about. The movie, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Some Disney fucking film, like, whatever, a live action Sorcerer's Apprentice. This stunt girl was killed on it because they decided to do a stunt at hour, like, 19. And nobody was thinking clearly and they fucking hit and killed her. Do you think that I mean I, this is this sounds like it, it's it would be it, it, it's the reason why unions are so important. Of course. Of course they are. But a lot of times the unions yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah, we'll get on that. You know, it's like a bureaucracy. Yeah. You know, fuck those guys also. Like they they were supposed to stand up for us for these whole negotiation things and they fucking shat us. You know, the only thing that we found out about our union was that the fucking head of our union makes half a million dollars a year off of us. Fuck him. Wow. So, you know, we all voted no, but then the editors... Anyways, this is a long story about yeah. our, our strike we did. But, so, you know, solidarity be damned. Um, so how do you think that this is going to affect films not, in the future? nothing. You don't think anything's going to be... Nope. You don't think that there's going to be anything... There'll be another accident, but it'll involve a car in, like, two years. Nothing's going to change. I would imagine that these kinds of things are 
pretty few and far between. They are considering they are. considering how many TV movies they, are made. They and all are, these. but the problem is, is that we have something new that's called streaming services, and so the you have these a massive appetite for new content, and people I talk to. In fact, one of the our truck drivers I was talking to recently. Um, he said, "Yeah, there's there's now like they're hiring anybody." Because we're so sh- we're so uh, short staffed, and it's not because people are quitting; it's because there's too many fucking projects. Right. So, but I mean, I thought that I thought that these have to be union. They operations. are. They are. So are people just getting union cards easier. I I think they're pushing people through pretty quickly. Yeah. Wow. But you know, honestly, every film that I've worked, there's definitely been some moments where we're like. You know, you call out dangerous things to a, an AD or a producer. You're like, that's not safe. Oh, you, you, you're. I've done you're, it. Sure. You want to talk about any of those? Well, I mean, just recently we had a, an actor walking down steps with her slippers, and she was holding a um, a fucking lantern with oil in it. You know, yeah. lit. And she was like, oh, she had a dress, like a nightgown on, and she was. It was. It was a. It was late in the day, and it was one of those things. And I was like, yeah, that's that doesn't. I don't feel comfortable with that. Like you're holding a Molotov cocktail inside a house, like, right? You know, we had we had the FX teams there. We had props people. They were all doing their job, right? But you know, so are you steps. obligated to say something? No. But when you do say something, do they think ah, this is a set photographer? No, 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 no. They take it very seriously. Very seriously. So anybody from the union says and something. It doesn't matter if you're a fucking union. You could be somebody walking by and be like, "That's not safe." So I mean, it seems like it's just it, common sense. The thing is, like, is that we're. The crew is, uh, I personally, I think my job is to observe because that's all I'm doing. Right, as I'm a photographer. Observing. So I stand back and I watch shit happen. Most of the time, most of the crew is too busy carrying shit, moving stuff, adjusting the lights, bringing camera gear in. They don't recognize. They, it's hard for them to see things. So right, a lot of times, right, I'm right. the one who says, you got to be careful there. The grips, you know, the, the key grip, his head, his, one of his main jobs is safety. For the crew on set. What does the grip do? The grip is in charge of building anything that involves lighting or the camera. Like the structures that mm-hmm. hold the that lighting. That hold the, the lighting together and they hold the you know, the reflectors and uh, the you know, the giant cranes that come in, those are theirs. Uh, they're in charge of the dolly that pushes the camera. Okay. Um, but they're also in charge of safety. So, you know, if you go up a ladder, there's a grip will stand on the ladder for you. Right. Like one of those things. The you OSHA know? thing, right. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's because we work as such a small, tight team, everyone has to look out for themselves or for each, for each other. other. Yeah, and it's the only way a smooth show can work. The shows that go off the fucking rails are like Rust, where it's you're pushing these times a camera crew fucking quits, like because they're not getting enough uh, uh, e, a enough sleep or b like a, a pro- adequate fucking hotel that's nearby because they have to drive two hours. Yeah, you, know? you were saying they they were they had a hotel were given was like two hours from the set or something. Yeah, like it was that. an hour there, an hour back. But camera crew, the diff- the thing is, I can leave at a certain time. I just clock out. I got my shots. I'm done. Camera crew has to fucking not only stay there till the bitter end. They're the last ones to kind of wrap. They also most of the time you have to pack the trucks. It's another hour. So you wrap at 16 hours. You still have to put another hour in to pack the truck up. That's 17 hours. You drive back to the hotel at hour 18. Hours. You have to turn around in eight hours. You have to eat your food, fucking go to sleep. You get, what, seven, six hours of sleep? And right back into it. Right back into it. And five hours sometimes if you have an hour drive back. So, and over weeks of time, 
that wear is really exhausting. fucking thin. Yeah, uh, everyone's exhausted. And everyone gets sick and everyone, you know, accidents happen all the time. But you're constantly have to keep that shit in check. On these long shows, I'll pace myself so I don't go absolutely bonkers. You know, I try not to work my ass off. I try to just keep it easy, let it kind of slowly get into it, hmm. you know? But, you know, it's tough because film companies are like, we need the images now. Right. You know, the first week is always tough because the company wants to see what everything looks like, right. you know? But, you know, and things like Spielberg, you're fucking, he, the bell goes off and you are fucking running for three and a half months straight, like running. But the thing is, is it's for Spielberg and it's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's a courtroom procedural or a hospital thing where you're just like, Ugh. It sounds, I, I would imagine, you know, I've been on, the, I've, you were gracious enough to let us on the set to Mother. We got to see you. We met Jennifer Lawrence. We met Javier Bardem. We saw Darren Aronofsky. And it was, you guys were, you were so hospitable. I think a lot of people have this feeling that working in Hollywood is easy. It sounds so goddamn stressful to me. Mm. I can't even stand it. I can't, I, it yeah. just sounds extraordinarily stressful. It is, but you know, the thing, the, honestly, I mean, the paycheck obviously keeps you going. Right. And, but to me, it, it is the friendships on set. It's people you meet on set. Because you have to realize, you know, you're working with people who, at a certain level, like if you're working with Spielberg, you're working with people who are top of their fucking field, right. you know? And it's fun to watch these people and to talk to them about experiences, about how they do things. If you like films and you enjoy the process of it, it's fucking amazing. But I think you have to get to a certain level. Right. Uh, there are people who will do just like, I did, you know, someone did like, my friend was a boom off on Gotham and did like seven seasons of Gotham. Wow. And, but you know, you're, you have a paycheck, you develop friendships. It becomes kind of a jobby job. Yeah. You know, to me, I would lose my fucking mind. Like I have to have new projects, new directors, like weird, interesting shit to, you know, to keep my brain stimulated. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise I just lose my fucking, lose my head. But yeah, you know, it's, it, it is really tiring and definitely, you know, you'll work minimum 60 hours a week, maximum 80 to 5. Wow. And, and you know, like when, when you go to lunch is when people usually quit their day. And you still have another day to go wow. in that day. So it's, yeah, it's rough. But it's pretty exhilarating when you're shooting next to Spielberg and he yells action on 70 dancers in the Bronx, like doing fucking cartwheels in the street. You know, that's fucking cool. Yeah. I think you really have to like it. And I like my job a lot because I, it is creative. You know, I do have, I do get excited when I look at my images. You know? Whether it's the show that I'm working on now, which is challenging because it's so low light, but I still get excited, you know? If I didn't get excited on any show that I worked on, I wouldn't be fucking, yeah, I'd be really depressed. A number of years ago when our friend Josh and Julie were moving, we took Josh out to Proud for Drinks, and I met you there early. Was that I, when I fell in the bushes on the way home? It was when you fell in the bushes on the way home. Fuck. You, the, as soon as I got there, you pulled your phone out. You gotta see these pictures of fucking Keanu. It was the it was the set. It was the pictures of of John Wick too. Yeah, and you were so charged up about him, and it was so amazing. And I could tell the great thing to me, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. 
is your images. I can pick your images of all your different movies out and I see your touch mark. Yeah. I see your style. Mm. Like there's a style on your work and I, and I can tell how much you loved it. And I, I got it. Last thing I got to say is back in the original downward spiral, I remember the tough times. Mm -hmm. I remember specifically one day you were, you were like, I don't know. It was, it was after the wrestler. You were mm -hmm. on the wrestler and you were like, I'm ready to paint houses. Yeah. You, I'm and I did. I, whose house did you paint? I painted my friend Danny's house. I, I went down there in Brooklyn and painted his house. I remember how tough those times were. <laughs> I remember those times like where you were like, I don't know what's going to happen in the next. Yeah, yeah. But well, I, I no just, one was calling. I didn't know how the system worked. I didn't know how. There was no other photographers I could talk to. There was no social media I could like Facebook or anything where I could be like, hey, how do I get a job? It wasn't anything like that. So it was... It was like word of the mouth, word of mouth, and who you knew. Luckily for me, I had Darren, and yeah. Darren was the one who pimped me to people. And that, but that took a long time, and I'd work my ass off to get certain places. He's a but fucking good dude. He's a great dude. He's yeah. a really great dude. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's the first person who calls me on my birthday, kind of. You know, he's like, yeah, he's, uh, and I, I always tell him how happy I am that I am where I am, and he helped me there. You know, just to let you know, anytime Are he you gets it, no, I'm not. No. I'm gonna tell. I might cry. I might cry because every time we send him a newsletter, motherfucker buys. Mm. So it's like, ah, he's a, he's a, yeah, Darren is the man. He's Darren the man. is awesome. Yeah, Darren is awesome. Um, do you uh, you know what? It's always about me. Why don't we talk about what the fuck are you doing? Well, I mean, I mean, I. Well, here I'll give you some uh, options. I'll uh, give you some options because I definitely want to spiral because we have some. Yeah, we have. We have okay, we got some good stuff. But I'm going to give you some options. Yeah, we can. Last time you were here, I had my colonoscopy Jesus, and I had to get yeah. my I had to get my prostate exam. I could tell you about the story about the prostate exam. I could tell you the about the wax. party I went to last night that what? I almost got abducted by a cougar. I could tell you that story. Jesus. Or I could tell you those are the two good we're stories here. Yeah. My landlord, you don't have to say uh, names, geez. had a birthday party. Yeah. And it was a party, and I got to wear this let my cheetah, my cheetah suit. The suit that Are you saying cougar like lady? Yes. Oh fuck. I thought it was a real cougar. No. I, well, we had a good time and, and uh, John I mean, I Sharp was is, here. Yeah. John yeah. Sharp was here and we were laughing and we saw Sonny and we had mm. a good time. And then all of a sudden I'm wearing this head-to-toe suit. I look like a with cheetah. I lost a lot of weight, looking good. Yeah. Wife is putting her hands on me. Yeah. Fine. She didn't come to the party. I'm talking to somebody, and this older woman comes up to me, and she mm. grabs my suit, and she goes, where did you get that oh, suit? Geez. And I said, I, I, oh, this old thing? Yeah. I had this in the, in the clothes closet. Yeah. And she wanted to talk about the suit, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm talking to somebody else. And next thing you know, she grabs my elbow, and she says, let's dance. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry madam. But uh, I don't dance. <laughs> but it was like, it was an older woman. and, uh, you, and didn't, all, you didn't say, like, sorry, madam, I'm married? My dad, no. No, I said, I'm sorry, madam, I don't dance. If you call someone, madam is my, my dad used to tell me as a kid, if you call someone madam, yeah. that stops shit fast. Like, any, not just, like, sexual, but, like, she everything. She could have you were drunk. I was, I was not drunk. But no, it, was, it was hilarious because it was just like, and I sent a message to my wife. I said, you know what? I could have got some ass tonight. Yeah. Could have got somebody could have got my some ass tonight. Ass. Yeah. Some cougar ass. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that was a lot of fun and we had a good time. Um, and then that was it. But I mean, what what am I gonna talk about? I'm talking about the business. I'm gonna talk about. I mean, everything's good. I'm I'm happy. We got a, We have a new employee 
who I'm thrilled oh, with. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Allison the, is the greatest. Awesome. She's awesome. She's outstanding. She's put us... This has been a really good year for us. And yeah. creatively, the new Knives, the new the Neptune Sunrise, my relationship with Tony is really good because we got this... Allison is like taking over stuff that he doesn't have to deal with, and now Tony and I can deal with the future Do you, plans. Are you, are you swamped right now? Swamped. Good. Swamped, good. Swamp. I'm always swamped. Yeah, yeah. But like this time, I'm more, I'm more uh, proactive. But you guys are streamlining this whole thing. We're streamlining and Which we're more great. proactive. Yeah. Like I'm going out of my way to have <laughs> stuff available. We're going to be doing more stuff that sell that we make it. We yeah. take pictures of it, send a newsletter, put yeah. it on the website, and ship it out. Yeah, yeah. That's the move. Yeah. All of a sudden, instead of selling, you know, before I sold 50 knives pre-order, and then. And Tony's like, "Aren't you happy? We sold fifty knives." I'm like, "Yeah, but now I gotta, I gotta fucking, fucking make, make them. them." Yeah, yeah. So that so was in stereo for everybody. That was every yeah. <laughs> so now has been. This has been. I mean, for me personally, and and um, I just I lost since the beginning of the, since the height of the pandemic. I lost thirty pounds, which is amazing. like amazing. I just feel better. And, yeah. and the other thing is, is I'm not focusing on the nonsense. Like I'm focusing on the business and yeah. my immediate family. Yeah. My kid just took the SATs yesterday. She felt really confident. I'm just focusing on my immediate family and my business and my f- close friends. Yeah. And I'm not fucking around with the doom scrolling on and Instagram the cougars, yeah. and the f- new and the bullshit news. And yeah. I'm not focusing on getting my f- hostility on on things that don't affect me. I'm really focusing on this, and this has been the best year. I in in, in, in I can't think of it. Yeah, yeah, years. yeah. Yeah, Discipline's been there. I'm teaching classes now. I'm going to be yeah. teaching at the best center for mental at arts. The mental art center yeah. for mental arts. <laughs> I'm going to have a class there. I'm Dragons with Forge. I'm teaching another class. It's yeah. just been a great year for That's me. That's awesome. So, really great year. That's great. Yeah, I'm really very pumped about it. Yeah. Um, so, and then uh, I had my prostate. Oh yeah, my wife said. Wife says to me, she says, "I'm proud of you because you've taken care of the cancer for years." Hillary and I were both afraid of cancer because sure. we were exposed genetic to 9/11 oh, and, right, and right, the genetic. Right, right. My dad, yeah, my dad yeah, died yeah. of. Melanoma, right? And then my mother's side of the family all had cancer, and, and it's just like my, you know, I got fired by my my skin doctor fired me, yeah, because I've covered in tattoos, and he's just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with you? And yeah, I'm like, yeah. what to pin the tail on the donkey for Christ's yeah, yeah. sakes? And um, I, I, yeah, I got the colonoscopy done, and that that everything's cool, but the, I, as I said before, and I told a little bit of this story, but I'm just gonna kind of go past it. So the the colonoscopy guy says you should go get. For prostate exam, sure, because you have a swollen, you have a swollen, you have a uh, enlarged prostate. Yeah, I'm like what the fuck? Do-? All right, so I scheduled the prostate exam. I get to there, and there, there, the woman, the 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 um, the doctor comes in, older woman, very nice, not the same woman, not the same woman who tried to grab me at the party last night. I wish it was. That would have been funny. God, that was so cheeseball. That would have been funny. I can't believe you said that. What? Nothing. It would have been great. I, I felt like I was in like a Christopher Guest film there for a second. Oh yeah! Oh, you mean the transition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, so she comes in and she goes, she goes, "Why are you here?" And I said, "Well, my colonoscopy doctor says that I have, um, I have an enlarged prostate." And she says, "Well, how does he know?" And I'm like, "Well, how the fuck do I know how he knows? I don't, I have no idea." Yeah. So she's asking me questions. She seems very um, upset. Is not upset, but like. Irritated, like uh, my presence there is irritating. Yeah. Like there's no other Just reason like why I'm there. Prostate. Are you having trouble peeing? No. Are you yeah, having yeah. erectile problems? No, no. I don't have any of that. She's like, all right, well, drop your pants. And 
She put me on the ca- on the chair, and I was wearing like a polo shirt. I looked like a fucking child with tattoos. You know, yeah. I'm wearing like shorts and sneakers and like a polo shirt. I look like a fucking. You're chi- Angus Young. Outfit. I look like a fucking child. Yes, yeah. I look like Angus Young. I look like a fucking child. Yeah. Like I look like none of her. I didn't look like none of the urologist normal normal yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. Gets me up on the thing. Puts your knees to your chest. And what Hillary told me, because Hillary gives prostate exams, she says, usually you die nice and gentle because you don't want to upset anybody. Yeah, and yeah, you, yeah. Is it, this woman just fucking rammed her whole finger up oh, my ass. Yeah. I had, like, sparks <laughs> flying out of my eyes. It was, like, it was horrible. Did you pass out? I, I, I could have. Yeah. I could have. I felt, it felt horrible. Like, yeah. there was no... You got raped. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. It was as bad. Jeff got a little got a little prison. It was taste of prison. It was worse than I expected. It was worse than I expected. So then, um, and it was a long time. Hillary's just like Hillary was like you know one two three bump done. Yeah yeah. This was like a long time, and it was like unpleasant, and it was like she's all right breathing deep now. I'm like, (gasps) and it was terrible. So when it was all over, she says you're fine. Your prostate's a little... Some people have large prostates. It's like breasts. Some people have large prostates. Some people have small prostates. You shouldn't be here. Sent me on my way. So I cleaned myself up, got the fuck out of there. Now, here's... I've told that story. Cried in the shower. What I haven't told... It wasn't... I mean, the the finger in there was terrible. Yeah. But, like, everything else was like... When it was done, I was just like, all right, well, there you go. Process. Right. So that part of the story I've told... What I haven't told is there is apparently there are certain people who who are and you know when you know have you heard of what people I know are, where you're going with this because I think you, I remember what you told me about it but it's really good. Did you have you heard about drug seeking people? There are people sure. who go to doctors because yeah. they're with their hopes of getting a prescription medication, drug medication. Sure. So they'll say certain things and then. To the doctor, there's certain red flags. Yeah. And the red flags will say, okay, this person is clearly drug-seeking. Yeah. And then they'll kind of like shy away or push them in a different direction or in some s- cases fire them as a patient. Right. Because they know – or they'll mark this person down as yeah, drug-seeking. Yeah, a little red flag. And, right. Yeah. So you can't just go to a doctor and say whatever the fuck you want yeah. and they're not to judge you. I wouldn't mind some yeah, – Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. My sure. back hurts. Yeah, How yeah. about some oxy? You right. can't just do that. So apparently – there may be that same concept with like people who have certain perversions, mm-hmm. like men who want to get fingered mm-hmm. <laughs> by, by women, by female doctors. By female doctors. Yeah. So this is not uncommon, and apparently, I might may have fit the profile. <laughs> I may have fit the profile of someone who was looking for a fingering. Did did Hillary? Did, did Hillary just tell you? Did she like clue you in? No. Who clued you in? How'd you figure that out? I read some things. Oh, jeez. I read some things. I read some things online. I read some things. <laughs> no, I read some things that like, and then I and then I, I was listening to a radio show and they were talking about how. I mean, I wouldn't put it past anybody. Like, that's we're there, humans. That, we're I was. I was. The, it was actually it was the Howard Stern show and one of their guys, Sal, enjoyed getting. Um, no, no, no. Getting when you you know turn your head and cough, they're cupping your balls. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And apparently he had said, oh, aren't you going to do something about these balls <laughs> or something like that? Uh, <laughs> you, and then apparently like red flags go off and then yeah. all these people call in saying, yes, I'm a nurse and doctor and we have these things where people say certain things and they become you know, red flagged or fired. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden I realize that like this woman was very 
I didn't, I didn't have any history of, yeah, of yeah. prostate cancer. I didn't have any, pr- I, there was no reason for me to, and, and I guess like my, my, well, my colonoscopy doctor said I should do this was a very feeble, a feeble reason for me right. being there. Right. So. Yeah, I but you're not, you're not flag. like 25. Dude, these all, she's like all the guys who usually come in here are in their 50s and 60s and they don't mind a finger. Yeah, she's like, yeah, they're used to it. <laughs> they don't mind a finger. <laughs> they're loose down I there. I tell you what, I tell you what, I tell you what, I'll take 10 colonoscopies over one prostate exam. No that's for shit. Sure. Oh, yeah, no, no problem. I got it done, though. Shit. I got it done, though. But it was funny because all of a sudden it's just like, okay, now every time I go to this you know, urologist, I have to, you know, I'm, I may be, there might be a note saying the boy likes to get fingers. Wait, is that the urologist that I'm, I'm supposed to go to? Probably. Okay. Well, you'll be able to you when you go. Yeah, we'll be able to reconvene. We'll be able to reconvene. <laughs> we'll be able to cross reference. I might. I might we'll be able to cross reference. I'm not excited about it, but I might actually be like, oh, that was she, cool. Well, here's what I'm thinking. What I'm thinking is she might have, in her mind, thought, "Look at this fucking guy." He looks like a child. He looks like a big child. <laughs> I like how you brought it back to your outfit. He looks like, well, I look ridiculous. I'll show you yeah. afterwards. I even sent a, I sent a picture to Craig, and I was just like, I look like Did you wear like sweatpants? A, no, I wore shorts. Dude, you went to a prostate exam without I, sweatpants? I wore, <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't want to pop a, pop a Woody in the, in the sweatpants. I'm just kidding. You're not popping. I, I, I wore shorts because I thought it would be easy to get in and out of. Oh, uh, true. Good call. And then I, and then, but I looked like a large child. Yeah. I looked like a large child. I'm going to actually find They were tight. They were like, let me Dude, shorts, I'm going like to show you. I'm gonna fucking find this picture. It is hilarious. It is hilarious, and it's embarrassing, and um, and and I believe, I believe in my heart that it was it was my own doing, but um, I, I think you might be full of shit. But you, I could I could picture you as dude. I uh, I look like child I, uh, fetish. Uh, no, that, you can't put those two words together. Uh, no, a, I. I looked like apparently I fit the bill of someone who wanted to get a finger. Huh. I'm gonna try to find this. In Point the next taken. Ah! Yeah. Seriously. Uh, seriously. Meanwhile, everyone should get their prostate checked. Uh, yeah, but at a certain age, obviously. At a certain age, you get, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll say one thing. Have a fucking good reason for getting it done. Otherwise, yeah. I might have gotten the harsh treatment because. Maybe I I'll may... wear my shaps. Yeah. <laughs> you might. If you show up in shaps, if you show up in shaps, that would be amazing. You take your pants off. I don't need yeah. to. Shaps. You don't need to. Uh, red flag. Shaft. Yeah, red flag. Yeah, where are you? Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. This is what. This is me from, I look like a child. I'm pointing. I do. I'm wearing shorts and a, and a, and a, and a striped You're t-shirt. And I'm, pa- I'm not, I'm, pa- I'm pointing at the lube. You look like I'm in panicking. I'm in a yeah. panic mode. I'm panic mode, but I do look like a large child who maybe wanted to get fingered. All right, so there you go. So that's what's happening with me. Otherwise, everything's good. <laughs> everything's good. So at this part of the show is where we I, I, I found a number of questions, um, a number of, of stories, a number of stories on the Internet. This is where we kind of do a deep dive into these stories. We read some crazy stories that happen. There's going to be some butthole stuff. There's going to be some penis stuff. There's going to be some feces. There's going to be some probably other kind of, you know, bodily. There's going to be bod. I, you know, I just pick these stories because they make me laugh. And I know that I try to make Nico laugh. How come you always pick the stories about shit shit and butthole? Feel free. And I I pick the stories about, like, gore and, like, 
Because I think that I think Animal. that I think that penis stuff is always. I think the word penis is the greatest, funniest word in the human lang- in the English language, and it always makes me laugh. But I always think you you want to keep it light, and I always think my I always want to keep it light. Real dark. I, yeah, your shit goes real dark. It's like cannibalism and stuff. I I like. I'm far more. Nico's. I think I just don't. I just think humans are fucking scary. I I I prefer to. And I, I think pre- you find the humor. in I do I find it. But I so, think maybe that's what, how this works. Well, I, I if you want to submit if you want to submit questions for the downward spiral, Nico's a little bit away. He's out. You could sit down and have a cigarette over here. I don't give I a shit. Want, I don't, I don't care. I don't you care. I want a good audio. I don't care. The uh, uh, the uh, uh, yeah. I think people should send like their their. Uh, it's about human depravity, really. Right. The you downward know? spiral. And it's it's. It's it's how fucking sick, I think it's how sick humans are. Like what the fuck we do to each other and to anything. It's it's usually it's usually that kind of uh, man against man style, right? Whatever, human against human. But I think we've had some good, we've had some good stories. There, of like there are some good animal stuff. In oh, there. the pigs, the the cocaine pigs, dude. The fucking the whale boner. I mean, whale boner, yeah. cocaine pigs. Yeah. Those are all good. They're good. So if you want to submit uh, uh, stories to the Downward Spiral, feel free to submit them to the Full Blast podcast and send the DMs. Okay. So I'm going to give you a couple questions. I'm going to give you a couple. You say if you like them or don't like them. But at the same time, like, if we go past I – mean, I don't have a million of them. So if yeah, you yeah. like you, – you, you know. So the first one was submitted by Jake uh, Largen. Jake Largen. Man bursts into flames after being tasered. Yes, no, maybe so. Well, there's 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 a lot more to that than just a guy being tasered, right? Well, I mean, let's, well let's find out. So, New York, because who the fuck you know? Is it a New York man cop? burst into flames after being tasered in Catskill, New York, not too far from here. An upstate wow. New York man was in grave condition at the hospital after he burst into flames after police used a taser to subdue him. The Times Union of all the Times Union of Albany reported the 29-year-old man was walking into the Catskill. Village Police Department last week and got into a confrontation with officers. Uh, they confirmed to the newspaper that officers deployed a taser to subdue the man who had just doused himself Holy with, shit. with gasoline, hand sanitizer. Oh my hand God. sanitizer, and the guy burst into flames. Darling said police were familiar with the man from previous encounters. I think they were afraid he was going to hurt himself. That's what started. Uh, the details were just trying to develop. The man was taken into a Westchester Medical Center trauma burn center where he was in grave condition. The police chief described the situation as horrible and said it was under investigation by Greene County uh, District Attorney's Office. Why do people? Why do people get tased? Like, what? What is the? I mean, it's yeah, it can it can it can be lethal, but it's their non-lethal form of whatever. Better than shooting somebody in the head, but what? Why don't fucking police officers learn like jujitsu? Like, well, beyond that, like actual verbal de-escalation <sighs> stuff. This is gonna be. This is gonna be. You know, a lot of it probably has to do with the unions. Back yeah. to the unions. I think that the unions have a lot of control over what's done and what's not done. But at the same time, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I remember when I was younger, my mother worked for the Police Foundation in New York, and I got to go to. Uh, we got to go shoot uh, tasers. The first tasers back in. Nine, in the late 80s yeah 
and it looked like a giant flashlight. Yeah. And you pressed the button, it deployed two darts, yeah. then you pressed the button again, yeah. and then you'd see these fucking black rings on the paper. Yeah. Like you would burn the paper. Sure. Um, it sound, it, it, and I remember looking at the, the, I mean, it's like a straightened uh, hook, yeah. like a fishing hook, straightened. Yeah. So getting them out is a production, Ugh. like because you have to have like a, sp you know, because you can't just rip them out. They're barbs. They're barbs. Oh. So I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not in a law enforcement. I, I don't know. I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking, why don't anyone come up with like Spider-Man nets or something like that? <laughs> you yeah, to fucking totally. net somebody. You know, just fucking net somebody. Yeah. You know, or something. Throw a net over them. Yeah. What the fuck? But the fucking hand sanitizer. That's some scary <laughs> that's shit. Really <laughs> fucked up. Can you, you know, what we were told. We were told. Or, um, there was like some video circulating. I remember we did that. Net, I did that Netflix thing at like the height of the pandemic, in twenty twenty, and and uh, they had this little thing about people smoking, and they're like, "Oh yeah, there's somebody who lit lit a cigarette, and his whole like face and hands went up in flames because you know he had put hand sanitizer on." But I I didn't realize hand sanitizer had that much alcohol in it. It's like ninety eight percent alcohol. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, like a Molotov yeah. cocktail. Just, just wash your hands with it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but you know, it's you smell it. You know, you're like, yeah. Who doesn't fucking smell their hands? You can get. Yeah. I get. I get alcohol-free stuff, but I guess. What is it? Ethanol. I, I, I know, it's probably like bee whiz or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just get covered in bees. Yeah. What the fuck are they after? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jake, for submitting that one. Let's. Yeah, yeah. that was a heavy one. Because that that that's heavy. that could. That All right. Could, yeah. Broken toilet means SpaceX crew is stuck using diapers. Oh, that's a really good one, actually. All right, great. This one is. But we fucking, all know about that. We d I don't know about it. What I didn't even read about? it. That was all over the news. I Can didn't read imagine? it. I didn't even read it. It was so SpaceX. Cape Cape Canaveral, Florida. The astronauts who will depart on the International Space Station as early as this weekend will be stuck using diapers on the way home because the capsule, capsule's broken toilet. NASA astronaut Megan MacArthur described the situation as suboptimal. <laughs> <laughs> Sub, suboptimal, but that's manageable. That that's is the a, best. That that's is a great term for yeah. a broken fucking outhouse this in space. Sub, <laughs> <laughs> suboptimal. Uh, space flight is full of lots of these little challenges, she said during a news conference from orbit. This will just be one more and we'll in, that we'll encounter and take care of our mission, so we're not too worried about it. Mission managers could decide later Friday whether to bring MacArthur and her three crewmates back to their SpaceX capsule before launching their replacements. The launch already has been delayed more than a week by bad weather and disclosed medical issues involving one of the crew. Uh... French astronaut Thomas uh, Pascout uh, told reporters that the last six months have been intense up there. Astronauts <laughs> six months <laughs> been intense up there. Yeah, suboptimal and intense. <laughs> suboptimal. Yeah. The astronauts conducted a series of spacewalks to upgrade the station's power grid, endured inadvertent thruster firing by docked Russian vehicles that sent the station into brief spins, and hosted a private Russian film crew. A space station first. They also had to deal with the toilet leak, pulling up panels in their SpaceX capsule and Ugh. discovering pools of urine. Yeah. The, the problem was first noticed during SpaceX private flight in September when a tube came unglued and spilled urine beneath the floorboards. SpaceX fixed the toilet in the capsule, awaiting liftoff, but deemed 
the one in orbit unusable. Engineers determined that the capsule had not been structurally compromised by the urine and was safe to ride back. Uh, On the culinary side, uh, (laughs) what? (laughs) Astronauts grew their first chili pepper in space. That was a bad segue. (laughs) Or a good one. Uh, grew their first chili pepper in space. A nice moral boost, according to MacArthur. Can you imagine? You ha- you're stuck. This is a moral boost. Yeah. You fucking have to use diapers, yeah. and your excitement is you have a fucking chili pepper. Yeah, yeah. Where do you think that's gonna go? Yeah. Out. Out. You're gonna. I mean, they're not gonna eat it. You can't eat it. You, well, it's a moral boost. They got into their sample, their harvest. They got to sample their harvest in the past week, oh, eating pieces of green and red peppers for tacos. They have a nice spiciness to them and a little bit of a lingering burn. Some Jesus. found that more troublesome than others. Great if your toilet doesn't <laughs> yeah, work. Right. Why? How can they not think about that? Yeah. The last thing you'd ever want to oh, do. Dude, I'm going to say I want to be fed intravenously because yeah. I don't want to have to poop in my diaper. Yeah. Hey, by the way, we're going to take an eight-hour car ride. <laughs> hey, do you want four tacos before we go? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a mismanagement of suboptimal just got yeah, way more way suboptimal. Yeah. Uh, also, returning to the MacArthur uh, Japanese. Okay, one American, two there you go. Yeah. I, you know, that the hilarious part about that story is the fact that, all right, our toilets don't work, but peppers are in. Yeah. Let's have some spicy tacos. I mean, Jesus. let's make it worse than it already is. Yeah. I fucking love Just that story. Just add spice. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next one is courts rule Pablo Escobar's mm. cocaine hippos are legally people. Have you heard about this fucking weird story? I think I have. Do you want to go into it or no? Yeah, because why not? (laughs) That last one was the best. More than 80 hippos in Colombia are the first non-human creature to be legally considered people by a U.S. court. Uh, By U.S. court? Yeah. More than 80 hippos previously owned by Colombian drug lord Pablo Escobar have unique distinction in U.S. law. They are the first non-human creatures to be legally considered people. The U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Ohio recognized the late Escobar's infamous cocaine hippos as the first people in the United States, uh, first, first uh, time in the United States. The ruling in October came the same day Animal Legal Defense Fund filed an application on the behalf of the hippos plaintiff, uh, of the hippo plaintiffs uh, in Colombia intended to stop the animal's government from killing the animals. So they were going to kill uh, them okay. The hippos were descendants the hippos were descended, 80 fucking hippos, descended from four illegally imported by Escobar. Escobar imported four hippos. They and all bred. 80. They were set free after his death in 1993. Since then, the hippos have increased their number to more than 80 and are reportedly wreaking havoc on the local ecosystem. However, some scientists have argued that this may be restoring ecological function lost for thousands of years during the human-driven extinctions. In July... Um, <laughs> we wiped them out, and then they were like, oh, I guess they're... Well, I mean, it is, so, it's interesting because, like, I mean, it's not like, you know, you hear about these things, like, we, you know, especially in Florida, you hear about these, like, weird animals that are, you know, the pythons that are taking over. taking over. I read an article years ago (coughs) in in New York magazine about, New Yorker, New Yorker, New York, it was about how these ships, these cruise ships were coming into the ports in Florida Mm. with tropical animals, Mm. 
and then they were getting out like mm. chimpanzees mm. and parrots and snakes and because Florida is this incredible is a perfect ecosystem right. for like these pythons yeah, and stuff. Right. You think about that kind of stuff, but then all of a sudden you think about these murderous hippos. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking nuts. Well, you know, what was the story recently about France? They've now uh, declared uh, octopi sentient beings or something yeah. like that, which I think is great because I think they're fucking brilliant yeah. animals, you know? But they're not like, hey, it's a fucking lobster. Like, you know, octopi are actually <laughs> yeah. can solve complex problems, right. like puzzles. Yeah. You know, I mean, we treat dolphins like fucking gods and they're fucking. We morons. don't treat them like gods. No, but we don't, we don't farm them. We don't eat them. We don't eat them. I don't know if we're. I don't know if we're eating a lot of dolphins. No, except for except for that weird thing that. I don't think we do. No, Americans don't. I don't but think. we eat how much fucking octopus? You know, what? I kind of stopped with the octopus. Dude, so I can't eat. I, octopus. When we were with Josh, Josh yeah. said I stopped eating octopus because yeah. they're like as smart as like a golden retriever or something like that. Yeah. Not that that's so Not smart. Cool. Yeah, but still. <laughs> I mean, but it's. I mean, you watch those videos of an octopus like unscrewing a cap from the inside, and you're like, all right, yeah, wow, it's enough. Fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. I, the hippo thing. It sounds, I don't know. I mean, they're big. Yeah. So it's not like, I mean, if they're wreaking havoc, is different than like. Yeah, manatees aren't fucking like going through your trash on the weekend. There's <laughs> manatees in your trash. <laughs> on land manatees. Uh, fucking hippos. No, they're deadly. They're scary well, fucking what do things. You do? What do you the do? The most deaths in Africa, I think, are from hippos. That and um, Cape buffaloes. Yeah. Because there's just so many of them. There's a video that uh, my Ben sent me, my Ben Ben Snor sent me of this hippo tr- almost outracing this motorboat in the water, Jeez. and he's like, he's coming for that motorboat. Yeah, and there's no natural predators for them, like they fuck up no. crocodiles. Like, yeah. So what do you do? What, what do you mean? What do you do? What you mean you can't? You let them just do their thing. It's like polar bears. You're like, oh, let's let's build our fucking. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a massive hippo problem in Colombia, at this rate. No, they're not, because they're gonna fucking put open season on it. I don't know, man. I don't know what you do in a situation like they're not like a small thing that you can kind of put in a place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like big fucking things. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like There's introducing a, mongoose because your snake population is out of control. Yeah. Well, that was the thing in Australia, right? They yeah. introduced all these different animals, and now there are all these goddamn problems. Yeah, they, they introduced like the cane toad to get rid of some insect, and now there's like 8 trillion cane toads. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Doctor removes... All right, here's the next one. Yeah. Doctor removes wedding ring from man's penis. What do you think? I'll- no. Okay. All I right. Kind of Thought you'd like that one. Kind of wanted to, but maybe no. we'll go back. We'll circle back. Maybe circle. Circle back. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> uh, Kim Jong Un cracks down on leather coats so people can't copy his style. Yeah, I kind of like that. I mean, we we you know we've seen the image, right? <laughs> Have you seen the image? I am with his duster. I. You mean this one? Yes. <laughs> but it's a full length trench coat. Yeah, it's a full length trench coat. So North Korean. Yeah, look at yeah. He looks look fucking, at that. He, he looks like he's in the Matrix, but he's fat he does look like the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks, looks like an obese Chinese Morpheus oh, <laughs> <laughs> with that dumb haircut. Honey, Kim Jong Kim uh, le- Korean leader Kim Jong Un has been cracking down on people wearing leather coats after they became popular because of because he and other dignitaries have been spotted wearing them, according to sources from within the Asian Hermit Kingdom. Talks about uh, talk about calling. I don't need to. Joke. I mean, you know, a think about it. 
who the fuck can afford a leather jacket in North Korea? And B, like, fuck that guy. Except for, <laughs> except in this case, the North Korean supreme leader has been using the actual police to stop people from copying his style. Of course he is. According to the resident the of Pyongyang, which is not far from the capital Pyongyang, the coats have been popularized by Jung An himself, and uh, well as other leading uh, leading figures such as his sister Kim Yo Jung, uh, who have been spotted wearing one. The source, who for obvious reasons has been named, told Radio Free Asia, "Now the leather coat has been a symbol of power for powerful women too. As leather coats beca began to be recognized as a symbol of power, <coughs> private clothing merchants asked trading companies to import synthetic leather since uh, September." They copy the design of the leather coats worn by his high dignitaries and officials, and now they're being sold in the marketplace. The citizen said the police officers in Pyongyang recently started cracking down on people selling the jackets as they're demanding them from people who are wearing them. So they're pulling them off people on the street. Sure. Apparently, they're quite literally taking clothes off someone's back. The authorities have, as a source claimed, described the leather coat trend as impure trend to challenge the authority of the highest dignitary. The <laughs> highest dignity. It sounds like a five-year-old. How dare you challenge my authority? Leather jackets have been popular fashion choice in North Korea since the early 2000s. They How became can they afford them? They said it was their fake. The coats are either imported directly from China or made domestically, according to another source. The second citizen said rich entrepreneurs were able to import fabrics for the coats by placing them in order with a state-run trade company uh, and presumably reserved uh, a degree of smuggling. All right, I got two, I got two things I got to Go talk ahead. about with that one. The uh, it's gonna go a lot. Go heavier. ahead. The <clears throat> you know what happened last week? Go ahead. In North Korea, this could be total bullshit, but I kind of think it's true. Okay. There was a guy who was sentenced to death in North Korea. I think it was last week. You probably Google it and figure it out. But because he smuggled a copy of Squid Games into North Korea. They found out, and he's now dead or on death. Or well, basically why do death. they? Why do you think that? <coughs> why do you? You've seen Squid Games. Yes. Yeah. Why do you think that North Korea? Why do you think it's a problem? It's, it's just it's a South Korean film about a fucking like kind of hidden government agency, like trying you know like killing poor people. See, I I thought I thought the Squid Games was more about. Uh, the depravity of people on the internet and yeah, the, to uh, South and Americans. Co yeah, sure, to South Koreans and their idea of what Americana thing is, blah, blah, blah. But to North, imagine North Koreans, what they view Squid Games as. I mean, it just seems like a total threat, you know? Hmm. Especially because oh, oh. it's fucking made by South Koreans. Oh, so, so... If Squid Games was made by French, I don't think they'd give a fuck. So the idea is, is because they... Uh, okay, all right, so... Who are the dark and shady people behind the fucking mass? North Koreans. Right. With the guns? That's... Wearing leather jackets. Wearing leather the, jackets. The main, the yeah. main dude did like a leather yeah. jacket. Yeah, so, you know... Maybe not. That... I don't... I, it might not be true because it's fucking online, whatever, but I wouldn't put it past them. The other thing I was thinking about was... Do you remember that movie that Seth Rogen and fucking that dipshit made about North Korea and about assassinating Kim Jong-un. Oh, Jong yeah. That Kim was Jong scary. Yeah. Un? Uh, the dad of that I think it was Un. Matrix guy. I think it was the son. It was about the son. Was it the son? Yeah. Um, or maybe. What was know. the name of the... I forget the it name of the called, film. It was called... The uh, Operation or the no, something. Or the, the interview. The interview. The interview. 
And I was listening to a podcast about them making that. And I think the podcast was all about like State Department people saying, don't make that film. Like, we have representatives from America who are still in North Korea. Right. And they might be arrested if that film comes out or something like that. Like, it does not help international right. relations when a Hollywood movie makes a film about yeah. a dictator. Yeah, it's, it's and, poking a tiger unnecessarily. Right, no, it's just no, kicking it's hard the to do. It's hard to do diplomacy in that situation. And I think, and I remember this interview that they talked to Seth Rogen, and, you know, the, he could be the sweetest guy in the whole world, but his response was the most inane, like, stoner, dipshit response, where he was like, God, it's all be fun to make. I don't know. Like, you're not even thinking about, like... The re repercussions. Yeah. There's actually real people on the ground that shit like that, you know. The, that ruined a lot of... I mean, after the Sony hack from yeah. the Koreans. I mean, that yeah. ruined a lot of people's lives. And in fact, that's what it was about. It was about... It was about some cyber attack, and it was about the Sony attack. And it was, you know, done by North Koreans. Yeah. And it was one of those things that, yeah, sure, ruined people's lives what, do you, you know, remember? Do you remember that time? Yeah, what? I was. I it was funny because I was working on Spider Man, which is a Sony film, and one of the producers, Amy Pascal, I think, got her shit handed to her because her emails were fucking rough. You know, really? Yeah, Angelina Jolie is a hacker, all those kind of things. I mean, she she has to work directly with those people. I why don't. would they write things on their email? Why would they write? It's things internal in their... shit. You write, you know, you write I stupid you? shit. It's it's always out there. You know what? It is, but it's when you're on a certain like inside the bubble of like Marvel or whatever. You're writing emails to your buddy next next to you or something like that. You don't fuck you know. Yeah, sure, you gotta be careful if you're a little person, but if you're a fucking like Amy Pascal or somebody who's giant, fuck the little people, you know? Who cares? They'll never see this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the Koreans hack them. I, I don't know. I, I just think it's like it just it doesn't it doesn't help. You know, I, it just seems as though what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, because what happened? The film almost didn't get made, and then they were going to, and then the State Department. I think some people approached the filmmaker and Seth, and were like, "Guys, like, can we do like a fake? Does it have to be Kim Jong?" -un? And they're like, "No, no, no. We'll rewrite it. We'll rewrite it. So it's somebody different, just some random dictator." And then one of them decided, "No, no. Let's just fucking keep it. It's going to be the fucking real dude." And you're just like. What the fuck are you guys doing? Like, you're literally like fucking with people's lives, and you're just think right. it's fun, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, you know, it's funny because I, I've been listening to this podcast called Five Hundred Forty Four Days about Jason Rezaine, who was a Washington Post journalist who was held in, in uh, the Tehran prison for five hundred forty four days, and he was an American, but he had dual citizenship and. And a week before, Anthony Bourdain went out there to do Parts Unknown in Iran, and he interviewed him. And then I listened, was listening to an interview with Bourdain, who, fucking God rest that dude's soul, I love that man. But he was like, you know, he was, the interview was basically like, were you afraid of the people that you were interviewing, what the repercussions would be after you were done? Like, right. you know, sure, you guys can clean up and everything looks fine on the outside. As soon as you leave, who the fuck rolls in? Right. And he said, that's all I could think about. He said, well, I would never have done any of those things if I thought. He was, Rezaing was arrested a completely separate thing. 
I'm sure the Anthony Bourdain thing did not help that much. Right. What um, was what was Bourdain's take on it? He was he was blown away. He was well, blown away by what? His take on the interview and going to Tehran was amazing. He was like everyone welcomed with open arms. It was a beautiful experience. Like we've demonized that country so much that you know it's it's one of those things that you forget how beautiful it is there. The food, the culture, everything's pretty fucking amazing. And but because we've put these acts of evil up, they're a fucking terror country, you know? And everybody gets lumped in with a terror country. And the the problem is, is I mean, that the citizens. Yes. And the problem the is is that Bourdain got back from Tehran and was like, that was amazing. I wanna talk. I can't wait to go again. That was great. And then they fucking arrested this dude without any fucking cause and held him in prison for five hundred days. And they think that it was related to no. They, I think, I like I said, I don't think it had helped, but I, it was, it was actually the dude was trying to get avocados into the country, and so he had a he had a GoFundMe page, uh, basically like let's get avocados to Tehran, let's get you know let's yeah. get guacamole here. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is the CIA and I maybe INS basically had. A covert operation called Avocado. And oh my God. So the Iranians were like, What the what fuck the do you oh. know? Dude. Bad idea. Suboptimal. Suboptimal. <laughs> and so, you know, the Iran nuclear talks actually involved seven Americans in prison indefinitely. In fact, two of them had basically like death warrants like they were about to be killed so the Iran nuclear talks you know it was Kerry and Obama were down basically half State Department were down to the wire uh, to get these guys out what's the name of this podcast 544 days good it's really good yeah Jason's not the best orator he's a journalist and it's a little kind of like hey bro but <laughs> hey bro's okay hey bro but it's it's really interesting to kind of get the take on the his um, his interrogator, you know, and how the fucking the what do they call the Republican guards, the yeah. super scary dudes? Yeah, like anytime you involve like the Stasi, the fucking you know the hitmen, the fucking right. Luftwaffe motherfucker, like Japanese secret police. Anytime Spence you involve ass. fucking uh, heavy duty shit like that, they're fucking scary and yeah. they're in power. So when you talk about this acts of evil, every fucking country has this acts of evil, you know? Yeah. It's just people in power who are in this shadow kind of like open law situation where they can take people off the street. I mean, that happens everywhere. I mean, I, it's one of those things. You're just like, I don't know. It was, it was an interesting podcast, but I just wanted to go in. I think I was going in. I don't know. Why the fuck was I talking about that? We were talking because of Kim Dictator, because we were Kim Jong, yeah. Well, actually, that kind of leads us into, we were talking about, you were talking about Squid Games. Yeah. There's an article saying people are pushing back against experts claim that Squid Games may, ins people are pushing back, um, Squid Games may inspire violence among children. No, that's all bullshit. I think that's like, that's like when Joker was about to come out and everybody's like, oh my God, like, you know, it's, it's. It's going to inspire the next movie theater massacre, you know? It never does. I think the thing is, the shit that scares me is, like, my kid swallowing a fucking, like, you know, laundry detergent. 
Like, it's idiot shit. It's the guy that kid that breaks his neck because he's trying to climb up 14 milk crates. It has nothing to do with Squid Games. Like, Squid Games, whatever. Like, jump off the building. Yeah, you're going to die. Go, have fun. Squid Games. But it's not going to... It's, it's all bullshit, you know, like that stuff. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I have two stories about... What is your take on that? On what? On the milk I, crate challenge? But that's what it is. They're they're worried that I, people I'll tell, I'll who watch Squid Games you, kids you, you will honestly, start. You honestly want to know my opinion, and you might not like it. I believe that Hollywood has re, 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 does not take responsibility for the actions of society. Yeah, and I think that the the I think that for for anyone who and I am pro Second Amendment. I'm very pro Second Amendment. I want to make that very clear. Why did you, you say that? It's important. I think it's because I, on the last podcast, I, uh, <laughs> I I might have said something that people think. Do you have Do you have Do you have gun nuts on your show? On my show, yeah. gun nuts. I don't know about gun nuts, but I mean, you know, this is you know, I have people who are. I like are how you're tiptoeing around this subject. No, I don't gun nuts. Do you want to not talk about guns? No, can we, let me tell the fucking story. Dude, about? I have a gun so and I'm scared I, of it. I know you. I, it's good. Listen, let me finish. Let me just finish the story. I don't even know what the fuck I was gonna say. What the fuck was I? Oh, shouts. Oh, so I, I personally believe that that um, you know they talk about liberal Hollywood, but I mean Hollywood is to me is the NRA's greatest friend of all time because yeah. it's, sure. it's 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 it showed people using guns and it glorifying yeah. guns. at least it's like the gun makers handbook Dude, Clint Eastwood did more for the NRA Dude, than all the Charlton Heston so yeah. but I do believe that there are people who are very influenced by the things that they see even if they're not told specifically you know it's fucking jackass on the beginning you know some people were like lighting themselves on fire probably with hand sanitizer yeah and they were saying, "Don't do these things." Yeah, it doesn't ma doesn't make a difference, There's, especially in the maker community with, on YouTube. People do what they see, regardless of whether their intention is to copy or not copy. So I personally believe I can see people doing. I mean, some YouTuber did a giant recreation of Squid Games. Yeah, but that was Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. I mean, yeah. I don't know what that that was all about. Dude, but he's I mean, got like seventy million followers, and he just basically. Made, and they're like, I forget somebody who was like. In fact, I donated to his thing because <laughs> he did like uh, he was like, oh, I'll, I'll plant uh, ten million trees if people send in a dollar. Any motherfucker planted ten million trees. I I believe so, I look, believe, there's that, people I believe that, that people are very highly influenced by yeah, the things that they see, sure. for good or for bad. Right, right. So yeah, I'm not really I into his Squid Games thing, but because I think it's 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 I think it's overtly violent. And with kids who watch it, like my kid watched it, he's 12, and I didn't realize he watched it until I said, oh yeah, Squid Games looks cool. And he's like, oh yeah, I saw that. And I was like, how the fuck did you watch this like ultra-violent? He was like, oh, it's on Netflix, I just watched it. Like, I, you know. I, I think that the interesting thing about Netflix is, I no. mean, a bit, the interesting thing about Squid Games was how quickly they were able to uh, desensitize the viewer to unreasonable cruelty that's what was interesting to me yeah because because i mean you like you by the by the end of it you're not so surprised yeah yeah, yeah. you're not so you're not so, you're expecting you're expecting it and you're desensitized to it so that was that yeah but that's that's you know but you know you uh, based on what you were saying before um uh a mystery vigilante ties thieves to lampposts and paint their faces like the joker you heard of this one 
He just, paints his face like no, the Joker? No, he paints their face. Like, you know how Spider-Man used to fucking uh, <clears throat> squirt webs on to people? <laughs> I don't think it's called squirting. Jizz. <laughs> He's a jizz Sp- web. Spider-Man used to squirt his webs on to people against the, against the, uh, against the lamppost. And I, said, I can't your... get the word squirt out of my head now. I think it's Spider-Man. <laughs> That's, it's squirting. It, no, it's yeah, squirting. Is it squirting. He's squirting the web fluid. What's the, what's the, what is the... Word in you the were comic. on the fucking Spider-Man I, movie. I didn't, they didn't read it. the comic. They his, he shot his it? he shot his web. Brat? No. But he, he he squirt. B z z t p p p z z t. It's like a p f f t t s something like that. Okay. All right. So mystery vigilantes tie thieves to lampposts and paint their faces like the Joker. A mystery vigilante group has reportedly been rounding up thieves in in a Mexican city and tying to lampposts, painting their faces like the Joker. Footage has been shared on social media showing a number of alleged criminals having been stopped in their tracks by the unidentified go-to heroes. One, po- one photo posted on Twitter was a man and a woman who had reportedly been caught trying to steal someone's purse in Rio Bravo over the weekend. As well as giving the, cu- the couple a makeover, the man also has his words, I am a rat, painted across his chest with the same words written on the, across the woman's head. After managing to break free from the restraints, the woman was reportedly about to untie her partner when a patrol car spotted them and stopped by to see what was going on. Speaking about the bungled theft, the man allegedly involved is reported to have said, I went after the woman. I took her purse. It was easy. I grabbed the purse to flee. Right now, there is no work and there's not enough money for me, so it was easy to do that. I begged the woman for forgiveness. I was not in the right. I was under the influence of drugs. I'm very sorry. Another photo posted online to show a group of men, uh, again with their faces painted like the DC villain, walking in the line after been having their hands tied together. It's not just in Mexico where uh, uh, mysterious vigilantes have been roaming the streets. Earlier this week, a California-based vigilante who calls himself the Stockton Batman claims he uh, caught a double murder suspect. The man refers to him as Bruce Wayne and says he captured hundreds of criminals over the years. The Stockton Batman was allegedly in the town of Lodi when he spotted a local man covered in blood and had slice wounds to his hand and leg. The Batman says that uh, he saw two victims. They were found near the train tracks. Uh, The vigilante detained the double murder suspect and immediately called the police. Why would he he be called a vigilante if he detained suspects? Maybe beat the shit out of him. The suspect is currently in a hospital, but the police have uh, not confirmed the suspect is being detained for crimes. You know, I, the when you said Mexico, yeah, dude, go that, ahead. My hats off to anybody who can fucking try to solve a crime or stop a crime anywhere there, because, dude, forget it. That's like fucking. That makes the Wild West look like a Disneyland ride. We did it. We, you and I did it. Years ago, when we did the original downward spiral, we were doing about the Zetas. Mm. We were talking about the Zetas were like... The decapitation they were stuff. putting heads in yeah. people's mailboxes. Yeah, not only that, they'd roll... Back when you could actually watch decapitations online. Um, what? Jesus Christ. No. I you, want to talk about anuses. You want to talk about decapitation? Go ahead. Yeah, but you could watch them, and there was a website called... Ah! Og- what? You can say, say it. it. Ogres, because it, it doesn't right. exist anymore. Right. So, ogres.com. O-G-R-I-S-H. All right, all right. Brought to you by... Not bought, brought by me. <laughs> Not brought to you by me. Not brought to you by me. <coughs> but you could watch, you know, it was it was before the dark web, whatever. And uh, you could watch this shit, and I remember seeing one. It was like a 
a fucking quinceanera and fucking uh, a door kicked open and like five heads rolled into the dance floor on video. Ugh. Yeah, and you just seem doesn't seem real. You know, it's like, uh and that was like, hey, Mexico, woo, like this happens every week. Like, I can see it being weird if it was in like Idaho or something like that, but <laughs> yeah. But Mexico, fuck man. I my hat's off to whoever can you be a live there. You want to be a vigilante. I don't in want Mexico? to be a vigilante in Mexico. It sounds horrible. In fact, I don't even want to shoot a film there. In fact, a lot of people were I think there was a film being shot. I think it was Peru or something like that recently. And all all my friends who were offered it were like turned it down. They're like, no fucking way. Like A, COVID, fuck that. Yeah. And B, like, no way. Like I Yeah, it's scary. we're not why would you risk your fucking life for a fucking mm, film? Well, here's another one. Um, our listener Will Hansen sent us sent in a couple of uh, messages a couple of stories this one is uh poop patrol aims to combat the astounding amount of human feces on san francisco streets can i tell you a funny story about that uh please 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 (laughs) i'm begging you i'm I'm begging you this is great i don't really go into the scatological category that's jeff's department but i mean come on i used to live in san francisco right and i uh and me and two of my roommates were about to go see a movie you remember the movie? I don't. Okay. It might have been Natural Born Killers. All but right. There you go. I remember <clears throat> getting at, out of the theater, getting into a cab, and being like, who the fuck stepped in dog shit? Somebody stepped in dog shit. Getting back to the apartment, getting inside, and being like, God, I, I don't think it's dog shit. I think it's human shit. There's a difference. If you smell dog shit, it's usually sweeter. Sweeter? It's a little more aromatic. Sweeter? Uh Uh-huh. Human shit smells like rotten. It smells more minerally. Do you think that that's because the people who would shit, humans that would shit out in the open probably don't have the best diet? That's probably part of it. I would think fast food or... Greasy shit, or maybe dogs have a better diet because they're fed, yeah, a balanced diet. Right. Yeah, humans who are shitting in the streets are probably not like and organic. There is a lot of home. When I was living there, there was a lot of homeless people. Yeah, I got a whole article about it. And covered. The problem is, is I crossed my legs in the cab for some reason. And then what happened? Shit was all over my leg, and I didn't realize it. Oh! And so I was kind of covered in someone's shit, and I'll never forget that. Because it was the moment where I was like, that's not dog shit. That's human shit. That was bad. That was bad. Somebody (laughs) actually... Somebody actually... um, Somebody actually... Sat on the our steps of our of our the the stone the the concrete steps by our house and dropped a Easter. Hmm. Poop. Somebody dropped an Easter poop. An egg. And it was no, it was not an egg. It was only <laughs> the third step up. And and I said, I think someone pooped on our stairs. And Hillary says, How do you know it was a person? And I was like, I don't think a dog is getting up three flights of three stairs to yeah. just drop a deuce. So this guy just like squatted on our ste- stoops and just kind of like let one loose. I mean, I don't. You know what? 
there's that's a good human depravity thing. But if anybody gets a chance to get a dog, a pile of dog shit and a pile of human shit, put them near each other. <laughs> don't do it. And no. have a smell test. No, don't, don't, don't. You'd have you, in order to. There's a different. There's you know a what? big difference. I think that if you were to have a scientific, a scientific ex- experiment, you probably have to feed the dog and the human the same food. It's going to be different. Yeah. Or it might not be. Yeah. I don't know. Uh. So, so um, San Francisco has deployed a, pup- a poop patrol to clean the growing amount of feces on the high, on the due to the homelessness epidemic. Number two is becoming San Francisco's number one problem. <laughs> I like that. The city has been experiencing a growing problem of public pooping on the streets by the local homeless population, and now becoming a major uh, health concern. According to Forbes' nonprofit watchdog organization, San Francisco calling an op- uh, called Open Books has. uh, closely monitoring the city's brownout epidemic. Based on the Department of San Francisco Public Works, the organization recently came (coughs) to an interactive map that shows every public defecation report. Look at this. Every public... (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a map of the peninsula of San Francisco, and it's just a giant pile of shit. All the poops... Um, and but what is that? Is that Fire Island? What is that? No, that's that's or, San Francisco. No, that that's uh, in between. The, that's the Bay Bridge. Like the, it's an it's island the Bay there. Bridge. Maybe it's uh, no. The Bay Bridge doesn't go up and I don't, stop. I don't know. I don't know anything. There's about an it. island in between uh, the Bay Bridge. Maybe it's Alcatraz. No, Alcatraz is up. All right, right there. Well, somebody's pooping on the bridge then. But man, that is a giant pile of shit. <laughs> it covers the entire city. Yeah. It's a problem. Great. It's their number one problem. Uh, at a glance, the map is overwhelmingly brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mapping pinpoints to the exact street locations of every pile of poop reported. The city is completely covered in pins, yeah. making it quite difficult to recognize the neighborhood and street signs without extremely zoomed-in view of the map. That's amazing. The organization has released a accompanying graphic that charts the yearly's pro- the, the progress, oh, also you know what, in brown. You know what we don't have? You know what's... Hey, you, you've been to France, right? Yeah, I love France. You know, what Par- you know how Paris has those little street cleaners? You ever seen those little vacuum cars? Uh, little green ones? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They push. Little, yeah. You push them. No, well, some of them are driven. Okay. And they have like a weird, like, it looks yeah. like a baby elephant and it has a little vacuum nose and it sucks things up. Right. So, you know, why don't we have that? Can we not, you, like, pay people to do that? One thing that's crazy is, is you've been to, you've been to uh, New Orleans. Yeah. You, they, on Bourbon Street, they fucking hose the whole street down yeah. and then spray perfume. Yeah. So I, probably so they don't have to get New Orleans in the position is like from 1480 still. But it's they're like, but I mean they're probably don't they're probably in the mindset of like we do not want to have a poop count in yeah, this city. No. We are not going to no, be New San Orleans Francisco. is like throw their bedpans out the window like that's yeah. New Orleans style. Yeah. So San Francisco's got a lot of human feces. Actually, when I went to the last time I was in San Francisco, I was surprised at the amount of homelessness yeah. and the amount of wieners. There was a lot of homeless wieners we saw. We saw a yeah. lot of people pooping. We saw a lot of You know, the thing is, is that there's a ton of, uh, A, the temperature is kind of perfect. Right. And B, there's a lot of um, social services there for right. people with mental disabilities, things like that. Right. This and is the serious <clears throat> part of the story. <laughs> no, but I was like, it's a public service. Because <clears throat> I, when I first moved there, I was like, what the fuck? Like, downtown, the park downtown is basically a Zombies. giant refugee camp. Right. Yeah. It's huge. It's like, it's nuts. And there was funny because when I was living there in the early 90s, the mayor at the time decided to 
you know, I'm going to clean up this city. We're going to bus all the homeless people over to Oakland. And he did. And they said for one week, crime dropped like 300 percent or something <laughs> like that. The problem is, is that human rights organizations were like, you can't fucking do that. <laughs> you can't, can't bus just people. ship people away from your city to make it look nicer. It doesn't work that way. So anyway, they came back and it was, you know, it's one of those things that I just remember San Francisco was like, and San Diego, San Diego makes San Francisco look like a, a fucking, like a, a nice city. Like really? it doesn't, yeah. San Diego is, was the only place that I felt like I was in zombie territory. When I was in San Francisco. Because the weather is so fucking nice. You sleep on the street, doesn't matter. I was surprised at how much crime I saw in a very short amount of time. Yeah. We went to walk up to see Mike D yeah. on uh, Mike D's tattoo parlor, yeah. and we saw we saw at a farmers market we saw like we saw like Charles Dickens thievery, yeah. like guys like taking an orange yeah, and yeah. throwing it behind their back and catching in a pocket and running away and like shit like that. We went into a CVS, and one of the people were saying, "Oh, somebody somebody peed over in that." Uh, Somebody peed over there in the, one of the aisles, and she goes, "Oh, you mean over this way?" And she goes, "No, no, no, another one." There was it happened like there was a, like multiple urinations yeah, yeah. in the in the in the CVS. No, it's it was it's crazy. a weird place because I don't know. It's something about it. Like I I've witnessed two really hardcore things, and the worst one was uh, a prostitute being chased by dogs. Oh my god! And she punched she kicked a window open in a car jumped inside the window and the dogs jumped in with her oh my god and we called the cops oh good for you yeah but we were being you know san francisco has these apartments in the back of the buildings you know in the back of the front of the street so you have like a walkway to your house in the back and but there's a gate there there's a big metal gate and we were dragging our christmas tree out to go toss it in the garbage yeah and that's when we heard these screams, and we we're like, and my roommate at the time, I think I was like 19, like that. My roommate was like, "Don't open the gate, don't open the gate." Because you hear screams, and there's usually gunfire. Right. So we were just, and we looked down the road, and you could see this girl being chased, and it was fucking scary. And that was San Francisco. You're like, what the fuck? Spe- yeah. Speaking of dogs, Jesus, a pack. Of, this fucking is segue. This is this is segue is good. Once again, from Will. Uh, a pack of blue dogs was found roaming near a shuttered. Do you say blue? blue dogs was found roaming near a shuttered chemical plant in Russia? <laughs> <laughs> I love you say blue dogs. It's not like a blue tick or a hound. No, no, blue, it's actual blue, blue dogs. Dog. Uh, this factory <clears throat> has been closed for, in, in Russia. Has been closed for six years. And blue a dogs. Cobalt mine. Blue dogs have been roaming the area almost ever since. That sounds like a new Keanu Reeves band. Why so blue? That's the question people in Dizernik, Russia, started wondering when a pack of bright blue dogs... Look, oh, I've look, seen a photo of it. Look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking crazy. Uh, I mean, they look like Easter dogs. Uh, was oh, shit. Oh, that's good. That's a good email. Um, was spotted near a shuttered chemical factory this week. The photos were first posted by someone, someone, someone in a Russian social media platform, prompting confusion, concerned, um, and somebody wrote, what's so funny? And one user said, oh, are they Smurfs? <laughs> At the strange picture spread, um, so did the demands for answers. Because the dogs were spotted near this place, 
a network of chemical factories that closely were going bankrupt in 2015. It's likely that they were exposed to a chemical residue. The, co- the dogs may have rolled in copper sulfate, ah, right, a bright so blue yeah. ingredient used in the manufacturing of plexiglass and hydrocyanic acid. Yeah, we need plexi. Which operators, which factories once produced. All right, all right, the emails. Uh, the bankruptcy manager, blah, 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 plexiglass, agreed that it was likely. Homeless dogs are running around the area. Fucking Perhaps homeless dogs. one of the buildings had some sort of chemical residue, copper sulfate, for example, enrolled in it. But um, they shrugged off the responsibility for getting the dogs back to normal or helping treat the side effects yeah, caused by Russia. <laughs> by Good luck. Exposure Welcome, to Welcome, comrades. I can't bear the cost of uh, capturing <coughs> homeless animals uh, and their sterilization. Russian news agencies reported the city would round up the dogs. They sought to investigate the canines and treat the blue color, though. According to local officials, the dogs weren't in any real danger. That's still sad, though. Well, yeah. maybe they're, you know. These Russians, they love weird. Russians. Weird. <clears throat> All right. We got to wrap it up. I got one last story oh, if you Jesus. want. One last story. Bomb squad calls to defuse World War II cannon shell removed from man's anus. Yes, of course. All right. We're going to end it strong, gang, ladies and germs. <laughs> We're ending it strong, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, uh, didn't we talk about this? No, this is different. This is brand new. It's I, not that urine. No. There, it's the other no, urine. There, the other one was was a grenade. A grenade, right. A right. butt plug. This grenade. is not a grenade. This is different. This was from... You know what? It's the same. No. Pulling something out of a person's butt is likely to open up chocolate. Uh, open up a... What? It's like open... <laughs> I read that wrong. <laughs> Wait. A whole box of chocolates. <laughs> uh, pulling something out of a person's butt is like opening up a box of chocolates. You'll never know what you get oh, until you geez. get there. Um, the staff at the Gloucestershire Royal Hospital were in for a surprise Royal. of their lives when a local man showed up in considerable pain. When asked where he was hurting, the unsurprisingly anonymous gentleman indicated towards his lower regions. When the doctors got into investigating, they sure enough discovered a foreign object was lodged in the man's rectum. And guess what that object was? Inside the man's butt, they discovered a 57-millimeter World War II-era anti-tank shell. And, of course, the guy offered the usual explanation of how it got up there. I don't know. I sat on it. (laughs) Yeah, well, let's find out how close you were. The guy said he found the shell when he was having to clear out his stuff. He said he put it on the floor, and then he slipped, and he fell off. (laughs) Wow. And it just went up my ass. My pants were off. And (laughs) And then it just went up his arse. An anonymous hospital oh source said, "Does it le- say arse? Arse? Because well, it's, it's there's an, there's it's a two royal. stars and an e, so yeah. it's oh yeah, right. Uh, at least nobody popped a cap in his behind with the cannon. Uh, well, that's not very funny. Wait, was it was it a live round? He, he was in considerable amount of pain, and I, I think I think he would collected military memorabilia. The doctors couldn't exactly leave the shell in the man's butt, but here's the thing: they." Couldn't know if it was about to blow up the man's <laughs> rectum and everything around a 50-foot radius. So naturally, the hospital called the proper authorities. <coughs> Bomb squad. The police confirmed on, uh, to the Sun that they had to respond to a reported report that a patient... Uh, it's moving Jesus, on me. That is a long story. Uh, the police confirmed that they had to report a patient had presented with the munitions in his rectum. The high explosive stuck in someone's butt is a bit out of the scope of the regular police operations. As such, the cops turned, uh, contacted 11 Explosive Ordnance Disposal Regiment oh of the British God. Royal Army 
Uh, while the bomb experts were on their way, the doctors concentrated on removing the shell from the poor man. <laughs> in what can only be imagined is a very careful operation as they pulled the weapon of ass destruction. Oh, Luckily for everyone involved, there was, uh, there was uh, no one was ever in any danger of exploding. When the bomb squad arrived, they, that quickly identified the shell as a non-explosive anti-tank round. Um, it was a solid... It was a solid shot round, a chunky point of lump, a lump Oof. of lead designed to rip through oh. a tank's armor. So it's basically an inert, inert lump of metal. So there was no, he fucking stuck lead up his ass. Yeah, that would be more concerning. Seriously. <laughs> I mean. Uh, right, it's melting away. Indeed, while the, cell, uh, the shell wouldn't have blown anything up, the man's mortal danger uh, would have easily died if the shell had pierced his intestines. Oh. Uh, no, uh, no matter how tough for the gut, sorry, but, 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 but the range of objects pushing restrooms are incredible. Wine glasses, catcher bottles, vacuum cleaner. We did this before. Yeah. I mean, how um, big is the sh that shell? That's the thing. Is 57 like, millimeters. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is either, but I would imagine it's like, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. probably like that. Yeah. Jeez. Um, Bigger than that bottle. How about God, that? it's probably. Uh, and that's it. So. People are still... They're still being stupid. They're still... They're doing things, and then what they're doing is is they're coming up with terrible reasons for doing it. Hey, how come people are still... Like, how come people think it's cool just to not wear a mask now? I just, um, went, I just went to a place, and I'm not going to name, to pick up some things, and nobody's wearing a mask. Like, some, behind the counter. Like, some, huh? You know, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest people with you. People are just tired of the virus? I... I... I, I have... Gone out of my way to just really, I mean, because we do, Hillary deals with, you know, positive people every day. Yeah. And testing people every day. Sure. And I've gone from talking about it because I've been, I've been, uh, I've been yelled at by a few people talking about it. So I don't really talk about it. My personal opinion is wear it or don't wear it, but just don't put it on your chin. That is, <laughs> that to me is, yeah. if you're going to wear it, wear it. If you're not going to wear it, don't wear it. Yeah. But don't just have it on your chin because you look silly. But it just feels like uh, it just feels like it just feels like humans are tired of it. Everyone's tired of it. But yeah, the, the best thing is the virus literally doesn't give a fuck. Well, at the same time, people are finding that they're not. I mean, I've been but to a couple events and, 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 and but that's and, the other uh, thing. That's the other thing is that my wife was right when she said we're all going to get it. Regardless, right? It's going to become uh, a yearly jab yeah, we get, yeah. And it's just if, one of those things. If you want it or if not, you want it. if you want it, but if you want, yeah, if you want to live or not. Or, I mean, but the it's thing exhausting. is, that, <clears throat> yeah, sure, it's exhausting. But it's just, I, I don't know. I think I've been wearing a mask. So I mean, I like wearing masks because it's just well, you wore a balaclava, yeah. Right. But you know, it's I, a little tiring. The, but it's, it's just weird when you see people that you kind of respect and you're like oh oh you're not wearing masks in your store okay i i the one thing that annoys me more is there's this idea of you know all of a sudden people are these medical experts and stuff like that what's more annoying is the fact that people are surprised pro and con why they do it or why they do it most people don't like have never listened to doctors yeah they, everyone has taken terrible care of themselves their entire lives. They eat like shit. They don't exercise. If you, so when I see someone or I get yelled at by someone who's very obese, I can't accept their 
I can't accept it because I just can't accept their own judgment. They they they, they don't have good sense to take care of themselves. Why I, I can't? Right. I, I people are tired of people have never listened to their doctors. They've always done what against what their doctors have said. For you know, I've I've been reading something where every single time there's been a pandemic, there's always people who are against public health, and there's always you just and I've gotten to the point where I've had it and I don't really give a shit. Yeah, I wear a mask because my wife is exposed to fucking coronavirus every fucking day. Yeah, we've dealt with it on a personal level, and I do it and I care about what me and my kid do. We we take care of. We do things. We don't do things, but like. I've ha- I don't even care anymore. Yeah, what people do because I focus on what in my immediate circle. Yeah, I, I just can't, I mean the problem. You know, it. it's like you always think about it personally because you're like how that's how it affects you. But I'm just fucking sick and tired of getting tested. Every don't day. you don't you judge people based on what's in their shopping carts? Don't you look in so when you're grass? You can't help it. Well, you can't help it, right? Yeah, yeah. So you when you you know someone when yeah. you look in someone's shopping cart, yeah, and you see what they have. You know, it's everything you need to know. Yeah, it's everything you need to know. Yeah. So it's like I don't get bothered anymore. I, I've we've all had it. Hillary and I have all had it in regards. We just don't care. Uh, we don't care about your political opinions. I don't share my political opinions, and I just it's no. It's I, I think I think what it is it's, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. The more exhausting thing is the people who half-heartedly wear the mask. Wear it or don't wear it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Wear it or don't wear it. And yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't care about you. There was a great... Wear it or don't wear there it. There was a great study in Philadelphia recently where Danny DeVito walks into his favorite bookstore, as he calls it. It's a porn shop. And this guy behind the counter looks over and he's like, he has a mask under his chin. He's like, hey, where's your mask? And DeVito has one under his chin. He's like, I got one. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you do. And he goes, you know... It's all it's so it's exhausting. It's all very exhausting. It's all uh, very exhausting. Well, that's the end of the yeah. downward spiral. This is the holiday episode. Thank you so much. Nico Tavernisi's the man. If you want to go follow him on Instagram, he does the best pictures you'll ever find. Suboptimal. They're not suboptimal. They're 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 above optimal. That's the word of the cast. So should should this be the down the suboptimal? <coughs> the suboptimal. Suboptimal. Suboptimal Christmas show. Yeah. No, suboptimal we holiday. We didn't do any kind of holiday shit. Okay, so this is the suboptimal. Jesus, we the didn't suboptimal do... downward spiral. The only thing. What should I name this the show? The only thing holiday thing that happened in this whole show is I said Jesus. What should we name the show? The suboptimal downward spiral. The December. The suboptimal downward spiral. It's December fourth suboptimal fifth. show. Is it the fifth? Yeah. Fuck. Okay. The suboptimal downward spiral. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. That's been great. I hope you have a – I got a lot of shows coming through the new year. I'm looking forward to it. If you want to you know, follow us on Instagram, the, that's the, the Full Blast Podcast. And, uh, Nico, you're the man, and I love you. I love, I love you. you like a brother. I'll take a bullet for you. I can't say that about a lot of people, but you are someone I look up to, and I'm lucky to call you my friend. Dude. There you go. That's it. The Full Blast Podcast is proudly sponsored by Axe Wax, an all-natural, food-safe wax for coating your handles. It can be used on your axes, your knives, or even on your boots, with the full confidence that Axe Wax is safe and durable. Furthermore, if you use the promo code FULLBLAST10, you will get a special 10% discount on your order. So go to axewax.us and get yourself some of the most luxurious wax for waxing your axe.
If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.